Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, July 28th, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 325. This is No Agenda. Reporting from the front lines of Gitmo Nation from the Four Winds 5000 Crackpot Command Center, known as the Duchess, here in the Big Easy, the great state of Louisiana. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from the normal old northern Silicon Valley, where the connection's probably crap because of Louisiana, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Ah, we knew it would suck somewhere along the line. It might as well be here. In the morning to you, John. Well, in the morning to you, uh, Adam and all ships at sea, and beats on the ground and foots in the air and uh, and uh, airplanes in the sky. <laughs> and, of course, all of our uh, human resources all charged up and ready to go in the chat room at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Uh, living out the American dream of just getting by and slowly depreciating your $9.2 million lifetime value. Yay! So uh, a couple of interesting items showed up in the New York Times this morning. Ugh. There's nothing interesting in the New York Times. Nothing. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> Go ahead and mention them. What do you got? Well, actually, uh, well, there's the, probably the world's... If you can, too bad you can't find this, but the world's... I think the world's worst photo, front-page New York Times photo I've ever seen in my life of a bunch of people shooting uh, their iPhones at something in the air. And then, uh, and then the, on the lower half of the paper, there's a, a giant butt uh, in the form of a, uh, a water question. tower. In the form of a question? Water tower. Yeah. And uh, a story that uh, is interesting, because I wanted to ask you, as soon as I saw this front page just headline... I said I have to ask Adam about uh, whether or not is there a, is there a movie coming? Because here, let me just read you the, the headline: right. "Seeking Alien Life Forms Right Here on Earth." Hmm. I'm sure there's something lined up, but there I don't see something lined up. Why would you have a front page story in the New York Times about alien life life forms right here on Earth unless there's a movie coming out? Yeah. Well, I'm sure the human resources can find it for us. Um, but I'm not aware of anyone. I, I do know that the movie themes uh, are catching on, particularly in, uh, in the White House. Uh, here's an Ask John for you. This is from uh, Spokeshole Carney. And uh, he... It's actually it's a riddle. And this is, of course, about the debt show, because that's what it is. It's the American Idol of uh, politics today. Getting at me uh, annoyed, by the way. Oh, uh, and I think I actually I can deconstruct some of this, uh, and I've I've was able to do a little bit of work on it. But I I want you to listen to what he's saying. I'm going to stop the clip, and then you're going to guess what movie he's referring to. Now, does the United States continue to take in money? Of course it does. But the point is. That for beyond after we cease to have the capacity to borrow money, every sixty cents we take in uh, is forty cents short of the dollar we need to pay out. And you create a situation. Uh, movie analogies are popular these days. You create a, a situation where you have uh, real people who suffer in addition to the impact on your uh, your interest rates. Whether you have a car loan, a mortgage, a student loan, a credit card, interest rates go up. Okay, so what he's talking about is uh, 
a movie analogy, and what do you think that movie is, John? Uh, the Grapes of Wrath. Nope. It's a tax on everybody. Okay? In addition to that, among the many obligations we have, the 80 million checks at the Treasury Department alone issues, payments that it issues every month, of the 1.2 billion payments the federal government makes in a year. Those include veterans payments, social security payments, disability payments. They include uh, the bills to contractors. So what he's talking about here is of the 80 million checks, which is the new number meme, by the way, which ones are we not going to set uh, send out if uh, we don't raise the debt ceiling? Come on. Oh, hi, darling. Have fun. Well, we're not going to send out the, obviously the Social Security checks would be at the top of the no, list because they want to scare the old ladies. But this, yeah, but this is about a movie. What movie? Come on! It's about, I don't know. I have no idea. It's about tough choices. Tough choices. In you know, what could be Sophie's choice? Yay! Very good. The the people who manufacture the ammunition that we send to our troops in Afghanistan, and choices then have to be made. And it's a Sophie's ah, choice, right? As an idiot. Sophie's choice. So what he's doing is he's comparing the choosing between one of your two children to be gassed by the Nazis <laughs> to which checks we're not going to send out. Are you effing kidding me, Carney? You know what else is getting on my nerves is this idea that... You know, I've got a car loan and I'm paying $199 a month, and all of a sudden now because they're gonna, they're not going to pass, I'm going to have to pay more. Yeah, <laughs> I've contracted out my car loan for a specific amount of payment. It doesn't have a variable interest rate that bounces all over the place, and I get a check or a bill in the mail for 250 bucks on my 199 loan the no. next day because no. of the, this. This is bull crap. Well, so I've I figured something very important out. Um, actually, two things because I've done some work. One on where this cap, balance, duck, and cover came from, which, of course, is a, uh, uh, a bill submitted by the Republicans, right? And, uh, and then I've done some research into Moody's, and I think there's two things going on here. So the first one is, uh, this actually was, I think, Chris Matthews, and he's got uh, little Timmy Geithner on the show, and he's asking about, what's the plan? What's the plan, Timmy? What's the plan? And, of course, Timmy won't answer, but we have to listen to this to then go back in time to a clip we actually played on No Agenda, which was an eye-opener for me. Great question, and I'm, I'm counting on a straight answer. The president said Friday he has talked to you about what adjustments may have to be made in the case of default. Your office announced that you met with Fed Chairman Bernanke and the head of the New York Federal Reserve on Friday. What's your plan for default? Our plan is to get Congress to raise the debt ceiling on time. That's, that's their, not a plan. They're, they're, that's their okay. plan, too. That's what's always happened. It'll that's happen this time, too. We do not have the ability, Chris, to protect the American people from the consequences of Congress not taking that action. But the President said that you have discussed what adjustments will have to be made right. if you go into default. Right. But again, I want to I emphasize, just remember, this is the United States of America. We write... 80 million checks a month. There's the 80 million checks again. There are millions and millions of Americans that depend on those checks coming on time. Not just people to supply our military, but people who get Social Security benefits, Medicare, Medicaid benefits. And we cannot put those payments at risk, and we do not have the ability to limit the damage on them if Congress fails to act in time. Let's ask been again. this for months, and I must say it made more sense when you said it in April than when you're saying it in July. What's your plan? It would be irresponsible not to have a plan. The president says you have a plan. What is it? Again, we will do everything we can to mitigate the damage, but I want to be very clear. All right, so he goes on and on, and he doesn't answer the question about what a plan is. Now, I remember plan. Now, as I was as I was reading through the cap 
balance duck and cover bill. I'm remembering a clip that we played a couple weeks ago from Little Timmy, short clip, and he uses a word in there that all of a sudden explains exactly what is going on. You're describing an outcome that will essentially be two-tiered. Down payment now, longer-term agreement later. Yeah, we can't, we, we, don't, we, there's, we don't see a realistic path to solving all this at once in the next uh, few weeks. It's just not, not possible. Um, but what we're trying to do is to do a framework where there's a substantial down payment of spending reforms that lock in spending, say, deficit reduction over a 10-year period of time, and then a uh, framework of constraints. We call it a debt fail-safe or a set of targets and triggers uh, that will force the remaining deficit reduction to happen soon enough so we don't fall behind the curve in this. So we're looking at what we call a, a debt cap, ah! meaning a uh, constraint that says we have to get our deficit to the point down to the point where our debt burden is falling as a share of GDP over the next three to five years. So whatever we don't do in the down payment, we'll have to do in the next couple of years. Uh, and if Congress can't act, we want an automatic enforcement mechanism that locks in the, the deficit reduction savings we need. So without reading the cap, cut, balance, duck and cover bill, you won't understand this clip. This was colluded way before this show kicked off. This is actually the Obama plan, the cut, cap, balance, and duck and cover. That was already set up. They had already agreed to do it. Here's Timmy explaining it in, what was this? This is June 23rd. We're going to have a cap with a st structured framework approach. And Obama keeps using the word balance, balance, balance. This is all one big show. Well, we've known that from the get-go. I know, but it's nice to actually have little Timmy using these words on tape. So you can yeah, see how far back... these guys aren't very good at sticking. Their scripting is really weak. Totally lame. Now, Moody's. Interesting news from Moody's yesterday. Uh, Moody's, by the way, is, you know, so this is one of the two ratings, ratings agencies that we're all oh, so incredibly afraid of, and they're going to, they're going to downgrade us, which they will. I still predict that, even though John doesn't agree. Uh, their profit advanced 56% as a publicly traded co uh, company. And here's what clued me into something interesting. As bond sales spur demand for credit ratings... So Moody's now, uh, their net income climbed $189 million, $0.82 cents a share. Uh, they're doing about a billion dollars in, a billion dollars in revenue. This is a company that does, like, credit ratings. Ah, he's got the slide whistle. So I say, what, how do these guys make their money? What exactly is their business? And here's how it works. Whether you're a company or a country or any other type of financial instrument... When you issue bonds, Moody's, you pay Moody's to give that bond a credit rating, which by itself inherently is a conflict of interest because if Moody's doesn't say, well, we'll give your bonds a AAA right out of the gate, maybe you should go and talk to Standards & Poor's or Fitch or any of the other ratings agencies. But then 35% of Moody's revenue is... Recurring fees, and this is, this is what got me. Recurring fees are fees for providing the credit rating throughout the lifetime of each individual bond. So I think, and, if, and maybe you can ask uh, our buddy Horowitz about this, I think that Moody's is saying, we're going to doubt... So obviously, if there's no bond issues, these guys have less revenue. 
So they need more bonds to be issued. I think Moody's is probably saying, if you guys don't do another QE3, or if you don't issue more bonds, if we don't get more debt on the books, which we then make money from, we're going to downgrade your existing bonds. Yeah, I suppose they could say something like that if they wanted two to the head. I, you know, I don't know. I think, I think, <laughs> I think Wall Street is uh, is obviously in cahoots. Uh, we just found out today there's a uh, a billion dollar hedge against uh, that has just been placed against the uh, the U.S. defaulting. So basically, betting on the U.S. default, uh, not defaulting, but on a downgrade, a billion dollar hedge. Isn't that the kind of stuff that always happens, like with 9-11, you know, people start uh, investing in uh, 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 puts on airlines? Well, yeah, that does happen when things are rigged. Um, but again, like I said, uh, this is not going to happen. Moody's, Moody's will be assassinated. No. There's, some, there's something about Moody's that we don't understand, because these guys, you know, they were never prosecuted. There was no real investigation into their uh, AAA ratings of all the collateral uh, debt uh, obligations. Now, these guys, they, they walk on water. They are the, the point of the pyramid somehow. Well, we'll see. All right. Well, we, the whole thing is theater. I, you know, and this is just getting, now, and now it's chewing up so much time. <laughs> that, you know, we're missing out on good real news stories and uh, alien life forms and uh, there are blimps uh, crashing in the middle of nowhere. I know. Isn't that cool? We got like some surveillance blimp that crashed. Yes, yeah, so, uh, over Philadelphia, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. What is it doing up there? Oh, well, it was supposed to be floating around. Nothing uh, special. Spying on the Phillies, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they're looking for pitch counts. I'm not sure what they're doing up there. It's not okay. It's not okay. Military. We got blimp. Yeah, we got blimps at 40,000 feet. Oh, sorry, it crashed. No, it's supposed to go to 60,000 feet when they finish it, so you can't see it at all. Oh, man. I mean, you can't see anything at 60,000 feet. Now, the thing, when these things crash like this one did, I want to advise people out there, if they ever, if one them rush to it as fast as you can and and, and just and and you have to physically kind of pull off the good cameras because there's some really expensive gear on there <laughs> grab that but quick you, you got to get there quick and you got to pull <laughs> it off like it looked like it was damaged in flight you don't want to saw it off or cut it off with anything that makes it look like you cut it off because then they'll just they'll find you you think you got to rip and, it off and then you got to take it and put immediately put it in a uh, some sort of a, a room where you're not going to get any RF because I, I believe there may be a transmit on anything there and find it you know if there's a little transmitter and crush it with your foot and then you have a nice piece of gear. <laughs> yeah, you can do great Skype calls with it. That'd be awesome <laughs> Skype video. Wow, man, I can see every pimple on your face. What kind of cam is that, you guys? Is that a new Logitech? Can you imagine the kind of camera that you would take accurate, you know, pictures at sixty thousand feet? I mean, that's going to be some some nasty lenses on that thing. Oh man, I'm telling you. Yeah, no, there is a lot of stuff, and there's some uh, some funky stuff that uh, that I've stumbled across uh, because this, of course, is really covering up everything. Uh, what have we not heard about Libya? Which essentially, I think we've just we've just declared victory, haven't we? Well, like, I, have a, I, have a, I have an interesting and I think a rather amusing Libya clip, okay, uh, which uh, 
essentially uh, says that the British have declared victory or they've, they've declared some new government and then they've kicked everybody out of their embassy. expensive Knightsbridge uh, embassy. <laughs> And they got one guy left there, and they told him he's got like he's. They give him an eviction notice. He's got like a couple of days. He's got to get out. Now, after months of NATO bombing and continuing combat on the ground, the international effort to remove Muammar Gaddafi from power got another boost today. Britain declared the Rebel National Transitional Council as the legitimate governing authority and expelled Libya's remaining diplomats in London. The move follows France and the US and also paves the way to unfreezing millions of dollars of Libyan assets. But will it make a difference on the ground? The BBC's Caroline Hawley reports. The green flag of Colonel Gaddafi's Libya. Today's move to treat the rebels as the government now is a significant boost for them. Britain following the US and France in intensifying the pressure on the Libyan regime. We no longer recognize them as the representatives of the Libyan government and we are inviting the National Transitional Council to appoint a new Libyan diplomatic envoy to take over the Libyan embassy in London. Libya's embassy in London is in Knightsbridge. The ambassador here was expelled in May. Now the chargé d'affaires has three days to leave. All the other diplomats must go as well. Yeah, they got to get out because the, uh, those Al-Qaeda guys are coming in. Yeah. The, the rebels. Yeah, this is amazing. So, you know, they, so, they, yeah. so they steal their property in Knightsbridge, yeah. which has got to be a high rent. And, and it's actually, I think, uh, an embassy sits on uh, actual sovereign ground, does it not? Yeah, but they, yeah, how do you steal it? Yeah, I mean that, that's nice. that's like cap, capturing uh, another country right there. Hey, yeah. get out! We got new tenants coming. Your lease is up. Get the hell out! <laughs> yeah, don't let that door hit you in the ass. Now they've said uh, you know, but you know, Gaddafi can stay in Libya. It's all cool. Yeah, you know, like we'll just take over here. The EU has opened up an office. It's so brazen. Now, of course, we're not paying any attention to, to that here. In, uh, well, I don't in think that they really expected it to be this difficult, obviously. No, they didn't. No, they, didn't. And they had all the plans set and, uh, and the eviction notices ready. And they're like, oh, man, this guy's being a troublemaker. He's, like, fighting back. So yeah, who said he wasn't going to fight back? Jenkins, get Jenkins in here. He's the one who said they wouldn't fight back. Jenkins, what were you thinking? Yeah, show me that blueprint again. Show me that path now to Persia plan. we got this plan. Obama guy saying we're going to be out in days. Not weeks. Now what do we tell him? Days, not weeks. Let me just listen to that again to make sure. It is U.S. policy that Gaddafi needs to go. But let me emphasize that we uh, anticipate this transition to take place in a matter of days and not a matter of weeks. That was uh, March 21st, 2011. March, April, May, June, July. It's now uh, four months, almost half a year. That's not even weeks. That's not days. even weeks. Days, not days, weeks. Days, not weeks. No, please. <laughs> hey, John, I'm here in, uh, in New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, as part of the uh, 2008 Hot tour. And uh, we've had a great time since you and I last spoke. A lot has happened. A lot of miles have passed in, uh, in four days' time. Uh, can I give you a little update? Yeah, what's going on? How's the, uh, how's the old van holding up? Uh, the Duchess, as it's now been christened, is uh, doing okay. Um, there's a couple. It's you know we are filled with with even more bumps, cuts, scrapes, and bruises. You get to uh, six foot plus people in uh, in a box. 
And it's a little complicated. The one thing that's really annoying, though, is I keep hitting the top of my head against the bathroom door. You know, like right the in the over, cr- over? Yeah, the crown of your head. Yeah, the, those bathrooms and those things are, are like little, uh, like something in a, in a, in a submarine. Yeah. Oh. So that's, that's, uh, that's annoying. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting over my cold. It uh, really helped being here uh, in Louisiana, where humidity is, uh, I think it's 900%. <laughs> and I just sweat everything out. I'm now a dried up shrivel of a man. There's nothing left in me. No moisture. Nothing. Um, but it's been great here. We had a couple of uh, couple of meetups. Uh, and I do have some uh, Hot Pockets producers to mention later on. Uh, but we had our, of course, we had our meetup in uh, uh, Pensacola. Which actually, we didn't know it. We had slipped over the state line into... Lillian, Alabama, and we noticed this when we when we uh, rolled into the RV park, and then we um, we wanted to get a, we had like two hours, and we went to the camp store, which is what it's called. Said, "Hey, can we call a cab to take us uh, to uh, the fish house in Pensacola?" And the lady <laughs> the lady gives us a look like, "What? You want to go to Florida? Nah, there's no cab going to take you to Florida, son. That's not going to happen." So. Um, uh, Brian and Candace were uh, nice enough to. You guys, uh, don't you guys have a map? Well, it was like right over the line. It was re- it's a really weird, weird area where this campground is, and you basically you cross the train tracks, and then you're in Alabama. Uh, but we got picked up, and uh, Patrick, uh, producer Patrick, had set up a, a great meetup. We had about uh, eight or ten people, and I got to tell you, man, I learned a lot about what's going on here. You know, of course, this entire Gulf Coast region all lives on the oil industry. Don't, I mean, f- yeah, fisheries, sure, some of it. But uh, right now, uh, people are way, way, way broke. This is it's really bad. And, and the stories were just depressing. I mean, seriously. People out of work for a year, moving back with their parents. Um, the only jobs are some government jobs. And uh, actually, Candace, uh, producer Candace, who is just a, a, a ball of fire from Alabama... And uh, she lives in a compound <laughs> with her husband, Brian. They got a compound. All the families live in there. They got guns and stuff. And she tell, I'm like, I, this is really cool. I want to go visit. I didn't have time, and I want to go visit the compound. And uh, they got guns and iPads. And uh, so she, and, uh, she trained. A lot of people took the training uh, for cleanup. And uh, even though she didn't do the actual cleanup, she received a letter from NIH, it's the Gulf Study, a health study for oil spill cleanup workers and volunteers. Now, note, she did not actually participate in the cleanup, but she did uh, take the training. And uh, these are the, you know, so of course, the, the, the same people who told you, you don't need respirators or anything. It's going to be all fine. Don't worry about it. Now they're doing a 10-year study on people's lungs to see if uh, there was any negative effects of uh, uh, the cleanup crews. And they will be testing their lungs, their blood. Uh, let's see what else do I have here in the note. Uh, if you participate in the study, you agree uh, for us to send an examiner to your home to collect some dust from your home. The examiner will also measure your lung function. I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? And then it actually says, what you're doing here is very important because... You can help future cleanup crews not die. 
And for your trouble, you get a $50 gift card. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll be then contacted every two to three years to answer questions about your health. If you are selected, you'll receive a gift card worth $50 for completing the home visit. Have a nice death. I wonder if they have some deal where if you, it's like, you know, those girls on Girls Gone Wild. <laughs> they yeah. they uh, essentially give up their rights to the video. Oh, yeah, forever. The yeah. T-shirt. yeah, exactly. You get the T-shirt and then we're jerking off to your video for the next 15 years. So uh, I wonder if there's anything like that going on. Well, it's like a reality show. No, no, here's your $50, and now you can't sue uh, oh, no, BP well, oh, no. when we discover oh, no, that you're no, 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 you have to, die. No, you have to understand that they had huge payouts. Uh, there were waitresses getting $50,000 payouts, dishwashers getting $12,000 payouts for money that they lost because of all of the lost tourism uh, revenue. And yeah, that's, ev- different. that's a different thing than getting your health payout. No, that's a different thing. But this is really important because everybody who took the money, and let's be honest, if you can get 50 grand as a one-time payout, everybody had to sign the big waiver. No suing. You can never talk about it. You can't. It's just like the 9-11 victims. When the, the, the families of the victims fund, you can't sue the government ever about this. Oh, no. No, no. This all happened. And then to hear all these people talk about the weekend when the oil disappeared, because that's literally what happened, is the oil was floating, everyone saw it coming in, everyone was like getting ready to participate in scooping it, and they were building big scoopers, no one's oil scoopers would be approved by the Coast Guard, and then uh, Saturday morning, in came the C-130s, and within 24 hours, or 36 hours, all the oil had been sunk uh, after the Corexit was sprayed. And it's gone. Problem solved. So, um, and no one really knows what, what, what the long-term effects will be. But it's, uh, it's, uh, people are depressed here. It's not nice. Which made the trip, the trip extra fun, John. It, it, well, it sounds depressing. Yeah. And of course, uh, we had a great meetup yesterday here in New Orleans. Uh, talk about some of the producers for that as well uh, in our uh, donation segment. Uh, we had it at the Red Fish, and uh, it was great. I had my first uh, uh, fried oysters. Oh, man, those are so good. Really? Oysters? Yeah, I'd never had fried. I've had raw oysters, but I never had fried oysters. Certainly not That's with... That's funny. Yeah. Most people have never had raw oysters. No, I don't know. The raw oysters down there... I don't consider it to be a world class. No offense to you, Louisianaites. You know, there's a lot of talk at the meetup. Uh, people are not too happy with how you uh, slammed New Orleans the last time you were here on the show. And you were saying like, ah, the food, it's you know, it's boring. It's all you know, I was the same Cajun, blah blah. People are like not liking that here. You are, I think, uh, yeah. Your persona yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I would be a tart and feathered if I showed up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you would be. Your persona non grata in New Orleans. They, they got guys outside like, hey, hey, is Dvorak here? Kick his <laughs> ass. Get him. Oh, kick his ass. No, they need. They know what to do there. I'm not, I'm not bullshitting anybody. I mean, the fact is that New Orleans is not up to par when it comes to cuisine. But we had some I mean, really it's, good. It's old fashioned. It's it doesn't. They haven't modernized. They have a lot of good. They have a good history of cooking, and they like to cook and they like to eat. But there's a couple of things they have to realize. One is their oysters aren't that great, and the uh, you know the food is a little dated. 
Yeah, now I understand why you don't come out on the road with us. <laughs> yeah, people are not going to like you, man. <laughs> Seriously, you got to be careful with that. Although everyone says they, uh, everyone I meet is like, yeah, I start. How did you start listening to the show? Oh, uh, you know, I heard John on Twit. Everybody, it's like you got to get on that show more often. It does, no, I think we've already saturated that. We got to find some others to show. Yeah, maybe you can get on uh, Pierce Morgan or something. Or maybe oh yeah, that would do it. Maybe, that's the audience we're looking for. Yeah, maybe you can do a, a quick a hit on stuffy, a bunch of old women that are <laughs> you know stuffy old women. That's well, who listens to Pierce Morgan. You know, Pierce Morgan is in trouble though. Have you have you heard the latest proof that uh, he was a part of the uh, of the phone tapping scams? I know it's going on, but I haven't heard the latest proof. Okay, so he was on a show called Desert Island Discs, and uh, I'm sure that either maybe the UK version or certainly the American version. There's an American version of it somewhere. The whole idea of the show is uh, it's an hour-long show. It's one guest. You're on a deserted island uh, or a desert island, and you're allowed to bring you know ten records. What are they? And then you talk about them. And so Pierce is on the show a while back, and here's part of the conversation that ensued. Finish. And what about this nice middle-class boy who would have to be dealing with, I mean, essentially people who rake through bins for a living, people who well, tap I, people's phones, people who take secret photographs, know, who do all that very nasty down-in-the-gutter stuff. Yeah, How did you I, feel about that? Well, to be honest, let's put that in perspective as well. Not a lot of that went on. A lot of it was really? done... No, a lot of it was done by third parties rather than the, the staff themselves. Yeah. That's not to defend it, because obviously you were you were running the results of their, of their work. I'm quite happy to be parked in the corner of tabloid beast and to have to sit here defending all these things i used to get up to and i make no pretense about the stuff we used to do uh, i simply say the net of people doing it was very wide and certainly encompassed the high and the low end of the supposed newspaper market yeah, you? everybody was doing it well that we do believe yeah everybody was doing it so you know i'll take that i'll take that well you know when he talks about third parties it'd be nice if he would have said something about the russians yeah I think uh, I think it's uh, well. Who cares? Well, as a matter of fact, it is pretty weak. What do you mean? I mean, who cares? That's what I mean. It's yeah. like why? Why is it being discussed at all? So a bunch of guys are oh phone hacking, oh phone hacking, oh phone hacking. And people don't realize that you can just uh, download a program off the internet, use it with Skype, I guess, or some other. SIP protocol, and as long as you're calling a phone, a mobile phone number, and your caller ID is the same as the number you're calling, you get dumped to voicemail automatically, no password needed. This is yeah. not, it's not like brain it's not surgery. really hacking. <coughs> no. It's like stumbling upon something. I mean, and, what, and again, what are you going to get besides, hey, this is Bill, can you call me back? Well, I have to say there is a different culture of voicemail in, uh, in other countries. So in Gitmo Nation East... Um, uh, texting is is very big, but so are voicemails. Here in the states, I don't think we use voicemail very much at all, and texting is only just beginning. But voicemail, yeah, a very big deal in uh, in the UK. People use it a Do lot. Do they leave long, long, complicated, uh, detailed messages on voicemail? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, so. Well, that's a blunder. Yeah. Well, people are stupid. Well, we have some people that uh, help us out that aren't stupid. Okay. Is that pretty good? Is that good? Was yeah, that, yeah, was yeah, that good? On. I think you should get a little cowbell hit there for yourself. <laughs> come on, come on. Hit, hit uh, me of with it. Of course, they don't have the... the here. Uh. In the morning. 
Yeah, very good. So you, I understand you. You're. Yeah, I was playing your the cowbell this morning. Yeah. And you told me that you, this upsetted you because you are known as the cowbell man. Yes, I a uh, daily source. Nobody's cow- no. Nobody knows this oh. that, that listens oh, to the show. You know what? You are. You're pissing off the Germans. You're pissing off the the, the Louisianans. And all Daily Source Code listeners who know I am the, the cowbell Germans? guy. Wait a minute. I am the cowbell man. What did I say about the Germans? I don't know, but the chat room is all about John needs to shut up about the Germans, so I'll take their word for it. <laughs> the Germans? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we were complaining about the Germans not donating. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Germans are cheap. It's a known fact. The Germans will admit to it. So uh, we got some guys who aren't, though, including uh, very. Uh, we're going to mention some of our executive producers. We have quite a few for today's show. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, six executive producers, a couple of associate executives, but it's all led by Stephen Pelsmacher, Baron Baron von Pelsmachers in uh, Belgium, uh, and he says in the morning a special donation for two tanks of gas for the No Agenda Tour mobile and some spare change for munchies along the way, <laughs> non Monsanto munchies, of course, which is going to be impossible to get, by the way, in the near future. Yeah. Uh, all the best, uh, $500 from our uh, favorite night. You know, we actually, uh, so it's funny because uh, Baron von Pelsmachers emailed me. He said, you know, what does it take to fill that thing up? I said, well, here in the South, uh, gas is about $3.55. Um, and, of course, it's a uh, difference in taxes. So we take 55 gallons, so we did the computation there. Um, and we did find, actually, we were given uh, in Tampa by uh, Ellen... Uh, uh, Ellen DeHaan, we were given um, Glee chewing gum, which uh, does not contain, uh, contain aspartame. It is made with ch- sugar and chicle. And chicle, John, you can probably explain what that is, is uh, actually the original substance used in chiclets yeah. chewing gum. Yeah, it's a rubber. Right. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm chewing a rubber. I'm like, yeah, this tastes pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thank flavor. You. Yeah, Whoa. Thank, yeah. Thank you very much, uh, Baron von Pelsmachers. We highly appreciate that support. And uh, it does matter uh, because, wow, this thing is uh, just slurping it up. Yeah, I'll bet. So now I want to mention, except for a couple of people like uh, James Freehollowbooks.com, Sir James, actually, in Summerfield, North Carolina, something was wrong with the PayPal and we don't have the cities for about half of the people, so you're going to have to excuse us. If you think it was important that we mention your city, uh, although it's mostly to mention the countries, uh, send us a note and we'll mention in the future. But, uh, but anyway, uh, James Free Holler Books is uh, in at 333 in the morning for Brian Watson of North- Wally, North Carolina, who bought Atlas Shrugged for $333. Yeah, the one I signed. I told you that would work. Yeah, no, sign more books. Yeah. Jennifer, did you wait, sign wait, it wait. with your name or Ann Rand's name? He uh, <laughs> he wanted uh, karma for a friend's new website launch. Don't just slip over that, John. MississippiQueenFoods.com, so we'll hand out some karma for that. You've got karma. And he wants to know if uh, you got the book he sent you. No, he sent it to the post office box, so it'll take me a while to retrieve it. Okay. Because that box is not that, I mean, unless it fit in the right. box, which I don't know, I didn't go this morning. All right. Um, Jennifer Buchanan from Parts Unknown, 333-33. Paul Schneider, Sir Paul, will be eventually, I guess, 333-33. This donation puts me over the $1,000 mark. Thanks for the hard work on the show. Hopefully this helps get Adam and Mickey a couple of miles closer to home. Yeah. They're heading in the wrong direction, I have to tell you. Yeah. Uh, 
Susan Brigham, Brigham, uh, 333-33, and Robert Harms, uh, 325, which makes him the sole member of the 325 Club. Hi, John and Adam. Really enjoy the show. So here's some values for value. I'm a poor graduate student. Wow. Studying for my PhD, but love hearing about Adam's journey across the U.S. So I'm sending in some gas money. Reminds me of Steinbeck's Travels with Charlie in Search of America. Well, he's not with Charlie, but he's with Mickey. Yeah, it's exactly Uh, like that. It's it's, it's it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Where he documents his travels through the rural America. Uh, add me to your list of listeners working for the federal government as I'm currently working at the at an AFRL research lab. Andrew Harms. Right. Uh, it's Andrew Harms. It says Her- Herbert Harms on the uh, thing, but it's Andrew. Yeah. Uh, David uh, Ramagusa, $200. Oh. And, Sus- and Susan is in again for her birthday, uh, $200. Happy birthday to my son, Tyler. And we'll give him a call out later. And he's apparently an avid listener to the podcast. We want to thank uh, these executive producers for uh, financing this show today. And uh, they can get credit, as Adam will explain. Yes, and I do want to point out that uh, David Ramagosa, uh, his $200 was uh, donated yesterday at the meetup. Uh, He did it right there on his uh, his phone uh, with his lovely daughters, uh, who all work at Starbucks, by the way, which was kind of interesting. He's got a, a caffeinated family. And we highly appreciate that. We'll be talking more about some of the producers from the meetups and their contributions to the uh, the Duchess's Gas Fund. And yes, indeed, these uh, credits that we hand out, um, and we don't mention it often enough, they are real credits. The same goes for knighthoods. I mean, who died and made the Queen of England the only one who can do that? You know, we have just as much right as anyone else. So these executive producers and associate executive producers are 100% real credits. You can put them on your business cards. You can put them on your IMDb page if you have that. And unlike all the phonies in Hollywood, we will actually vouch for you. And, uh, and you know, if someone uh, questions this credit, then there's a couple of PR mentions that I have. Uh, these in the form of um, websites. Uh, domain names which have been registered and are now forwarding to noagendashow.com. Uh, a matter of days, not weeks.com is uh, forwarding to uh, noagendashow.com. And I think that uh, website will be valid for years to come. Oh, yeah. Along with uh, compromisedmedia.com and australiacarbontax.com. Some good ones there. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> Dave said, uh, I tried to get the sciences in.com, but I couldn't. Looks like Tim Flannery, he's the Aussie wanker pushing for climate tax, is pimping his new book uh, called The Weather Makers. So he's already registered that, but I did get the science is dot in, and that is now forwarding to noagendashow.com. Here is my favorite. This is, uh, uh, we actually, we, we kind of have to play the, uh, this is what everyone's talking about. I mean, we, uh, at every meetup, everyone raises their glass and says, here's to just getting by and living the American dream. As uh, one of our producers from the Ozarks registered justgettingby.com to forward to noagendashow.com. In the end, the folks I hear from in letters or meet when I travel across the country, they aren't asking for much. They're just looking for a job that covers their bills. They're looking for a little financial security. They want to know that if they work hard and live within their means, everything will be all right. They'll be able to get ahead and give their kids a better life. That's the dream each of us has for ourselves and our families. (laughs) That's what I had last night. I had that dream. Just getting by. Just getting by. Everybody loves it. This is our president's vision of everything. That's right. No, everyone's like, wow. 
Uh, so we also got uh, justgettingby.net and um, uh, obamasamericandream.com. So that's fantastic. Uh, then some... Uh, hold on. Let me just do this properly. Uh, we have killingbrownpeople.com. <laughs> A brand new uh, domain name, forwarding to noagendashow.com. What is it again? I could, You broke up. Oh, what? Killingbrownpeople.com. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's another thing we're good at. Uh, PartyInTheCIA.com, uh, now also forwarding to our show site, and that is uh, uh, as a tribute to Weird Al Yankovic's latest uh, parody record. Have you heard it? PartyInTheCIA.com? No. Uh, you want to hear You want to hear a little bit, or should we play it at the end yeah, of the show? Yeah, play, play a little bit of it. Hold on a second. It's uh, Weird Al is amazing. So it's, uh, it's Party in the USA. It's a parody of that. But he's talking about the party in the CIA, and the guy is all of a sudden turned political, and I love Weird Al Yankovic for it. Check it out. I moved out to Langley recently with a plain and simple dream. Wanna infiltrate some third world place and topple their regime. Those men in black with their mansion suitcases, where everything's on a need-to-know basis. Agents got that swagger, everyone's so cloak and dagger. I'm feeling nervous, but I'm really kind of wishing for an undercover mission. That's when the red alert came on the radio, and I put my earpiece on. Got my dark sunglasses on, and I had my weapon drawn. So I get my handcuffs, my cyanide pills, my classified <laughs> You really got to listen to the whole thing. He's, he's at a certain point, he's thinking like, we have a better dental plan than the FBI. I mean, it just goes on and on. Such a beautiful it's really, testament. Very cute. Yeah, the guy's awesome. Really good. Uh, I think the irony may be lost on most people. Like, why would he make a song about partying in the CIA? Makes no sense. I don't get it. <laughs> so weird. Uh, I do want to mention that we now have a bat signal for Windows, and uh, this will be in the links that rock, and we'll also have it in the show notes at 325.nashownotes.com. Uh, this is uh, Nick, who has created uh, the bat signal for Windows. It's uh, often, it's... Uh, uh, he's following our value-for-value value model, so it's open-source freeware available to all No Agenda producers and citizens of the interwebs alike. Uh, so make sure you check that out. And then uh, what I have to say is one of the coolest new producer projects. Uh, I still have to hick, hook up Doug to it to make it completely uh, finalized. Um, NoAgendaCanon.com. Now, this is pretty cool. You can shoot the No Agenda Canon. It will then send out a tweet, and you do it through a donation to PayPal, and Doug will uh, eventually start reading all of these uh, cannon shots on the stream. And uh, I think, it, I, have you seen the site, John? It's just, it's, um, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I have. I, I'm, I'm just wondering where the, what PayPal account we're dealing with here, where that, where all that money's going. Yeah, you would. I don't know. I guess, I guess we're not getting it. <laughs> it's, uh, so I, I presume he'll send uh, a, a portion of the proceeds uh, to us. I think we should just use our PayPal, one of our, create a PayPal account and give it to him and have him put it in there. It's just a, a website. Right. Well, why don't you take that up with him? That'd be a good idea. Yeah. All right. So we want to thank our uh, executive producers, uh, Baron Stephen Pelsmacher, Von Pelsmachers, uh, our, uh, Executive producers and 333 Club members, jamesfreehollowbooks.com, Jennifer Buchanan, Paul Schneider, uh, Susan L. Brigham, and of course our 325 member and executive producer, Herb, uh, Herbert, no, I'm sorry, Andrew Harms, uh, David Romagosa, and his lovely Starbucks daughters uh, for uh, supporting our show, making sure we don't have to uh, resort to uh, 
uh, basically playing commercials would ruin the show and we would, we would have no show whatsoever. And of course, uh, we do have a message for everyone else. You need to go out and propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Stay with me now. Shut up, please. Right. I found the uh, slide whistle. Yeah. No kidding. I hadn't noticed. Uh, let's see. I actually uh, found a lot of interesting stuff. If I can... Uh, Go back to uh, Spokeshole Carney for a moment. I watched his entire press briefing. Guy's such a dick. And here's what he says. Because uh, he, he's a total he's, dick. This guy really annoys me. Yeah, and I think he's short. Does that uh, does that make any sense? He looks. He looks like he has. I, th- I think he might have a Napoleon complex. One of these deals. I don't know. I don't know. That's funny. You know, I think in Wikipedia they should have people's height. Yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. you think? Yeah, they got their age. Might as well. I think we should. Have, now that I think about it, I think we should have a movement to, <laughs> or, or to, when you go to Wikipedia, find how tall somebody is, and then put their height in there. I agree. I mean, your height's not in your Wikipedia thing. It should say you're six five or whatever it is. Yeah, five seventeen. So. Uh, Listen to what he tells Fox News. One other quick thing. I think on CBS Radio this morning, Dan Pfeiffer said that if Congress does not act by August 2nd, this could lead to a depression. Is that your position, that we might have a depression in America? You know, what I, a depression is a, you know, how you, what I know, what economic uh, uh, experts have said is that, and, and again, Republican and Democrat, Jim Baker, Ronald Reagan, all sorts have said that a default in our obligations would produce an economic calamity. How that, how you define that, obviously depends on on how long it lasts and what the ongoing implications of that would be. We don't believe it's come to pass. You know, but, you know economic calamity is plenty scary, and but we should not week- even entertain that. But over the weekend, Democrats are saying there's going to be a Boehner drop if there's no action. Asian markets are going to crash on Sunday. It didn't happen. American markets didn't crash on Monday. Okay. Thankfully, they have not okay. crashed on... Um, I want to move on, but you should believe- go on the air and tell your viewers there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> that's 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 one of them. What a dick. <laughs> Hold on a second. got to give him a formal... Uh, you got to go on the air and tell your viewers there's nothing to worry about then. It's a calamity. Isn't that horrible? The guy's a dick. Yeah. He's done that a couple times. And meanwhile, he freely admits that they leak stuff to the press. I, I don't even think he realized he said this. Other presidents, former presidents about this. Has he consulted with them? So the, the woman is asking if, uh, if, he, if there's any secret meetings. I can see uh, if I can get an answer right. on that. And also, um, when there are other stalemates in other administrations, presidents have gone to the Hill and talked to members of Congress. And right now there's a division within the Republican Party. Wouldn't this White House think that this is the time maybe to go there and talk to members of the GOP? I, I, I think there's been no shortage of meetings between this president and leaders of Congress of both parties. I mean, uh, uh, both uh, all the ones you know about, and uh, there are probably a handful that we still haven't leaked or let, you know. Ah! Uh, whoa! Whoa! That we haven't leaked? Oh, is that is that your practice, Carney? 
Oh, that's a good catch. What a douche. That's unbelievable. He actually tries to recover. Listen, he tries to recover by saying, uh, uh, talk to uh, Between this president and leaders of Congress of both parties. I mean, uh, uh, both uh, all the ones you know about, and uh, there are probably a handful that we still haven't leaked or let you know let you know about. So yeah, man, let, let, you, let you know about. I mean, leak. Uh, yeah. Nice, huh? Wow. Yeah, that's how it works. That's how it works. Big show. The big these show. Are, these guys are so loose that they drop bombs like that. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and no one picks up on it. No, no, no. that's why they can be so loose. It's just it's like a gold mine for us. So, um, let me get this. Let me get one more thing out of the way, and then uh, oh, who can be calling me during the show? That makes no sense. Go away. Um, and it's great. It's what I can see why you why you complain about some sounds because that thing comes through here and just blows out my ears. What the the ringing of the phone? Yeah. Oh, sorry. So there's two there's two cl- there's two clips I want to play. I'll get them out of the way and then we'll be done with it. Uh, Paul the book guy did some work for me, and uh, you know this whole corporate jet owners and you know, co- you know corporate, Ooh, jet, corporate corporate jet, jet owners, owners corporate private jet, jet private, private jet. jets corporate jet owners. Well, here is uh, Senator Barack Obama from his uh, audio book Audacity of Hope. And uh, his view on private jets, which apparently are awesome. Chapter 5. Opportunity. One thing about being a U.S. Senator, you fly a lot. There are the flights back and forth from Washington at least once a week. There are the trips to other states to deliver a speech, raise money, or campaign for your colleagues. If you represent a big state like Illinois, there are flights upstate or downstate to attend town meetings or ribbon cuttings and to make sure that the folks don't think you've forgotten them. Yeah, folks. Most of the time I fly commercial and sit in coach, hoping coach. for an aisle or window seat Blah. and crossing my fingers that the guy in front of me doesn't want to recline. Hey, if you ever sat in coach with Obama, send me an email, okay? I'd, I'd love to hear about <laughs> yeah, that <I> trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But there are times when, because I'm making multiple stops on a West Coast swing, say, or need to get to another city after the last commercial flight has left, I fly on a private jet. I hadn't been aware of this option at first, assuming the cost would be prohibitive. But during the campaign, my staff explained that under Senate rules, a senator or candidate could travel on someone else's jet and just pay the equivalent of a first-class airfare. Were you aware of this, John? That that's the rule? Yeah, I I did know this, yeah. That's pretty awesome. So you can just get. And it depends, of course. What do I? How much of that? What kind of first class airfare do you think they pay? Yeah, by the first way, first class from Washington to New York. Or, yeah, uh, and the first class where? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with miles. Do you take air miles? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to like reduce my uh, cost here. After looking at my campaign schedule and thinking about all the time I would save, Woo. I decided to give private jets a try. God, give it a try. Give it a try. Because, you know, it's really, it's so horrible, these corporate jet owners, but I'll give it a try. It turns out that the flying experience is a good deal different uh-huh. on a private jet. Uh-huh. Private jets depart from privately owned and managed terminals. Yeah. Li- uh, by the way, uh, most uh, airports are uh, privately owned. I don't think they're all like government airports, are they? Don't big corporations by the municipalities. Yeah, right. Lounges that feature big soft couches and big screen TVs Mm. and old aviation photographs on the walls. Yeah. The restrooms are generally empty and spotless and have those mechanical shoeshine machines and mouthwash and mints in a bowl. Yeah. Can you believe it? I'm so sad. I did. I got to read his book. 
Is oh, this got to be loaded with gold? Gold. Gold, is, I'm this, telling this you. This is gold, gold. Jerry. Gold. This, this is pure. This is 18 carat, Johnny boy. There's no sense of hurriedness at these terminals. The plane is waiting for you if you're late, ready for you if you're early. A lot of times you can bypass the lounge altogether and drive your car straight onto the tarmac. Yay. Otherwise, the pilots will greet you in the terminal, take your bags, and walk you out to the plane. And the planes, well, they're nice. Nice. The first time I took such a flight, I was on a Citation 10. Mm. A sleek, compact, shiny machine with wood paneling and leather seats that you could pull together to make a bed anytime you decided you wanted a nap. Who writes this crap? A shrimp salad and cheese plate <laughs> occupied the seat behind me. Up front, the minibar was fully stocked. Stocked. The pilots hung up my coat, offered me my choice of newspapers, and asked me if I was comfortable. I was. Then the plane took off, its Rolls-Royce engines gripping the air the way a well-made sports car grips the road. <sighs> Shooting through the clouds, I turned on the small TV monitor in front of my seat. A map of the United States appeared, with the image of our plane tracking west, along with our speed, our altitude, our time to destination, and the temperature outside. At 40,000 feet, the plane leveled off, and I looked down at the curving horizon and the scattered clouds, the geography of the Earth laid out before me. First, the flat, checkerboard fields of western Illinois. It's pretty good seeing all that from 40,000 feet, by the way. Awesome. Then the python curves. Almost done. Of the Mississippi. Then more farmland and ranch land. And eventually the jagged Rockies. Still snow-peaked. Until the sun went down and the orange sky narrowed to a thin red Hold line. Hold on a second. Stop, stop, stop. Where's he going? To the West He's Coast. Senator. What's he going across the Rockies for? He's from Illinois. I thought yeah. he was taking puddle jumpers from town nah, to town. Man, he's awesome. Now, here's the last eight, se eight seconds, the best. It was finally consumed by night and stars and moon. I could see how people might get used to this. Yeah, exactly. Now, in Art Imitates Life or Life Imitates Art, I take you back to a little television show called The West Wing. And at the time, the um, was it? What was Rob Lowe's role? Was he like the the press secretary? Yeah, he was like he was Carney. He was Carney, right? Same height, by the way. Listen to this little episode I found. What I wanted to mention was Jane Gentry and Richard Will say you guys got a line in the Chicago draft. Jet planes and swimming pools. Yeah, that our opponents want to help the rich pay for bigger swimming pools and faster private jets. Yeah, yeah. hit them hard. Well, we are hitting them hard, but I'm not going to use the line. Why not? First of all, it's bad writing. Well, what's wrong with it? Sounds like it was written by a high school girl. <laughs> Sounds like it was written by a high school girl. Indeed! That's exactly what this whole corporate jet line is. It sounds like it was written by a 12-year-old girl. Is there something wrong with the way women write? So let's go over a couple yeah. factoids here. Yeah. First of all, the idea that you can hitch a ride is kind of because let's face it. You get in good with the Monsanto folks or General Electric in the case of Obama. They're just going to send the jet for you. Exactly. And you're going to pay essentially a discounted first class fare. You would, you will pay the fare, but instead of paying the normal thirty five hundred to seven thousand dollars you would pay to fly on a private jet with a bunch of people, you're paying like six seven hundred bucks maybe to fly on a corporate jet by yourself or you and a couple of staffers, and uh, and they're and a c citation ten. 
I'm going to estimate about two and a half thousand dollars an hour if you had to rent it. Sounds about right. So uh, this is a scam. This is the out and out uh, cozying up corporatism scam bullcrap. Of course, the president doesn't care anymore, and he, he can just slam the private jets because now he's got a seven forty seven matching the seven forty seven his wife flies around in one for each foot. Uh, for one for each foot, then he can fly all over the place. And what is it, what does a seven forty seven cost an hour to fly? I'm going to wager about twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, twelve thousand dollars an hour plus the crew, the cost of the crew, and the overhead and all the security bull crap and all the rest of it. In fact, we have a story. Uh, well, I you know I could mention the little town I'm uh, have a place, uh, but there's a the t- little towns all over the country are. Uh, are complaining about this when Obama comes into town they before they do they they send in a, a front a forward team and they go to the police department and the mayor and they say here's what we have to do here's what we have to have for security even though he's only going to be visiting visiting to watch, to look at a dam let's say or he's over here to cut a ribbon or something like that and these little towns are getting stuck with these huge bills for overtime, police, this and that, and the other thing that they can't afford, and the president doesn't seem to give a crap about that. No. So I'm just mentioning some of these things. Well, I just thought it was interesting that Rob Lowe, and we all love that show, it was number one, that uh, he says right there, oh, that's, that's what 12-year-old girl writing. Nothing against yeah, well, girls, by got. the way. Nothing, yeah, that's what we got. That's what we got, exactly. Okay, well, that was a good one. Thank you. I'm also, sure everybody enjoyed listening to Obama. Well, can I get so <laughs> What an egomaniac. Nobody reads their own book. You know what's great is now that uh, Obama, of course, is going to be candidate again for president. You know, essentially, uh, everything's fair game. Everything's on the table, so you can go back in history. We can't find any girlfriends or any lovers or anyone that uh, hung out with him at school, anyone who did uh, study hall. Uh, but we do have old clips. Now, first of all, we had the controversy over Obama's father uh, coming back from World War II. Uh, this over and over. Yeah. Here's a new one which uh, cropped up. Um, oh, no. I had a uncle who was one of the, um, who was part of the first American troops to go into Auschwitz and liberate oh, the concentration yeah. camps. Now, I'm sorry, but it was the Soviets who liberated Auschwitz. It was not the American troops. So either he misspoke on liberated and one of the first to go in, or it's just another dream. I'm beginning to think he's a pathological liar. This is a, I mean, this is what a pathological liar does. They just kind of make stuff up. Or either that or is very immature like a little kid. But, you know, little kids make stuff up, too. But this Auschwitz thing came up before. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know about it. I didn't, this is new, no, this is did 2008. Get, is this the, okay. Yeah, no, I, did, I hadn't heard about this. Yeah, I think it, it was one of the issues that we never discussed. But it, I think it floated by us. As so much does. Well, I mean, there's too much going on, especially when you got a you know somebody who's going to take days, not weeks. <laughs> right. And you can take that to the bank. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I I don't even know where that clip is anymore. I take so it, take to, the it to the bank. Yeah, I got oh, it I somewhere. Have, I have, I'll send you another copy. <laughs> <laughs> we got copies somewhere. So you can take what that else? To the bank. 
There we go. There he is. Well, there's, I, there's a lot more. There's just so much happening. Uh, I love the well, Chinese. I got some lightweight stuff if you want to drift over a little bit. Yeah, I was just going to say just briefly in the... Uh, How about- go ahead. Some real news. Of oh, sorts. well, no, I think we should definitely hit that. And now, back to real news. So apparently in Great Britain, it's illegal to use airbrushing anymore. They banned a uh, Play the Britain Outlaws airbrush ad, uh, piece. Okay. And British authorities have banned a Lancome ad featuring Julia Roberts for being overly airbrushed. There you see the airbrushed Julia, and there you see the more natural-looking Julia. The Huffington Post says a female member of the British Parliament first raised concerns about the ad and how airbrushing is contributing to young women's problems with body image and confidence. They're my people. So they outlawed the ad for airbrushing? My people, what can I say? My people, what can I say? What can I say? What now, the I funny say? thing is, is that the the picture of Julia Roberts in this ad, which they showed, she actually looks like, I don't know if you ever watched one of these Star Trek, she looks like Odo, a Odo? character in a Star Trek. Yeah, it was, who was a changeling with a with kind of a face of plastic. And she looks terrible in the airbrush version. But this isn't airbrushing anymore. I mean, for one thing, I hope they get rid of that phrase. I don't think anyone's using an airbrush, airbrush to do this. Yeah, but, well, you know, you can outlaw airbrushes because we use Photoshop. That's fine. You can just outlaw airbrushing. We'll use uh, the shop. But this is ludicrous. And, I mean, the cra- and, the, and the crazy thing about that clip is then, you know, they say, well, here's Julia uh, airbrushed, and here she is not airbrushed. It's not like the uh, advertising agency said, oh, here's the original photo, here you go, make fun of Julia Roberts. No, they then photoshopped her to look old. They're doing the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a lot of free publicity. So I, you have to wonder if the whole thing's not a big scam. Yeah, probably. That sounds about right. So on our last show, we talked about, I have two clips. We talked about, or we mentioned, and I, I'm telling you, I don't remember us ever mentioning this for the, and I think I may have said this already, for the four years we've been doing this show, I've never mentioned, and I don't think we've ever discussed, Al Shabab. Yeah, we have once. Once. Really? Yeah, not well, too long Shabab, ago. Which, it sounds like a chain of chicken places <laughs> in the a- San Fernando Valley. Hey, I'll have an Al Shabab special. So now we're getting very, very afraid of Al Shabab because I guess the El- somebody must have done analysis in one of the intelligence agencies that determined that Al Qaeda is actually dead. Oh, well, you know, it is. This is, uh, I have the headline. Wait, before you get to your clip, this is very uh, apropos. I have the headline that proves it, and here we go. U.S. officials say Osama bin Laden's death could mean the end of al-Qaeda's global terrorism network. In addition to bin Laden's death, the New America Foundation says CIA drone strikes are responsible for taking out at least 1,200 militants since 2004. Officials still caution the end of al-Qaeda would not mean the end of terrorists targeting the U.S. That's right, because we've got al-Shabaab. So Al-Shabaab are a bunch of, like, Somali, you know, borderline pirates, just a, you know, they're, some, I don't see the, connect. I mean, I don't see how they could pose any threat whatsoever, but yet, our Congress seems to think so, so they've been having hearings about, you know, terrorism and the rest of it, emphasizing Al-Shabaab, and so now that you I got two clips, I got uh, uh, the Al-Shabaab, you can p- play either of the two, and it's 
same bull crap that we've been hearing forever. Finish uh, Al-Shabaab's ability to carry out the terrorist or, uh, operations. You've also referred to individuals in the United States that have H-A-W-A-L-A, Hawala? Hawala. Hawala. Money transfer system to fund to uh, Al-Shabaab activity. The, the Hawala money system is basically like the uh, like the Knights Templar, isn't it? Where you, you go no, in... No, no, no. I think they're talking about a money... Tra- I think that's what it's called, but I think it's the same thing as these money transfer operations that are all over California where Mexican mi- workers, illegal aliens, go down to this place in Oakland and yeah. they transfer the money back to Mexico. Right, but it's not actual. So, it's not actually a wire transfer. They just write it down in a book and then somewhere else the guy... No, I think it is co- a wire transfer. I don't think so. I think it's they send uh, doves with little well, messages. Well, whatever the case is, we do know money is leaving the country. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about uh, uh, about this and the specific focus on Minnesota-based uh, funding for Al-Shabaab? Al-Shabaab. Uh, thank you, Congressman. I can. The I think the clearest example of Minnesota-based funding for Al-Shabaab comes in the uh, indictment that was returned uh, within the last year in out of, out of um, Minneapolis regarding two women from Rochester, Minnesota, who were charged with providing material support to Al-Shabaab. And as the indictment sets forth, the method by which they provided that material support was through money transfers, ultimately, uh, through Hawalas to Somalia. Al-Shabaab. They said money transfers. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so you got a couple of boneheads, you know, sending money back home probably to their husbands or God knows what. (laughs) But uh, according to the indictments, there's like 86,000 hold. Actually, no, I'm taking it back. According to this one, this one woman was accused of sending an, an almighty $8,600. I mean, this is going to be a huge threat to the United States, by the way. Right. $8,600 going to Al Shabab. So anyway, play the other Al Shabab crap. Um, and I guess the question is what kind of a threat does that pose to us here in the United States? Uh, I want to read to you what was just uh, recently said by Mr. Olson, who's the nominee to lead the National Counterterrorism Center in his confirmation hearing just on Tuesday. He said, Al-Shabaab's bombing last year targeting Westerners shows the group is willing and capable of striking outside Somalia and therefore poses a significant threat. So my question to, I think, Mr. Folk and Mr. Jocelyn is, uh, how big of a threat is this to the United States? I mean, there are those who will say that these individuals are leaving the United States to join these national forces in a civil war, and that that is their main focus. Their threat, or their focus, is not on posing a threat to the United States. How, how would you respond to that? Thank you, Congressman. As I set forth in my written uh, remarks, I believe that the, the the threat that we need to be aware of is the fact that the terrorist training camps run by al-shabaab teach their participants how to kill people how to utilize weapons how to build bombs uh. and in addition to the military training provide an ideological uh, indoctrination that teaches that it's okay to do that i believe these these cats they all, they all really think this is true they're really buying into this they're all just it's one big circle jerk and everybody else knows that it's bullcrap Yep, we're just letting so, it pass you, on by. He, dis- he also described the U.S. Marine Corps. 
yeah. teaching people how to shoot guns yeah. and how to yeah. do this, and it's okay to yeah. do it under these circumstances. I mean, I don't, you know, this whole thing and this Al Shabab thing. If you read anything about these two women that were indicted, who are obviously just sending money to somebody in Somalia, not much of it. And there's also, they also were looking into, let me just read from this AP article. In recent years, Minneapolis has been the center of federal investigation of the travels of more than 20 Somali men who left Minnesota. And then it says to possibly fight with Al-Shabaab. There were Somalis from, Mali, or from Somalia, and they were going back. It's like they were just maybe going back to visit their relatives. I mean, yeah. you know, just because they left Minnesota, they were now under investigation because they went back to where there happens to be some Al Shababis going on. <laughs> I have an Al Shabab special and a Shish Kebab burnt. I mean, it's ridiculous. And the numbers are so low. Yeah. We've gotten down to now we can, we, there's not enough Al Qaeda to, to deal with. We got these. The total here is 20 Somali men, maybe, and a total of 20 people have been charged in Minnesota in connection with the investigations into travelers and terror financing. Give me a break. This is bull crap. Meanwhile, we have uh, all kinds of crazy stuff going on over at the State Department. Uh, no clips, because they didn't actually mention the name, but there was a, uh, a hearing, not on C-SPAN. They only had, and the State Department is really, their website is crap. They'll take like a three-second clip from a uh, five-hour conversation. But the title of the um, the hearing, Axis of Abuse, U.S. Human Rights Policy Towards Iran and Syria. Axis of Abuse. Uh, uh, Really? You couldn't come up with a new one? You had to have a new axis? And so now it's Syria and Iran. They're the axis of abuse. They're killing people. And then someone sent me this link from the Washington Post. Did you know that the... Uh, is he now number two, Anwar Al-Awlaki? Is he the number two guy in Al-Qaeda? Or is he number one? Well, he took, uh, I think he, he's number one now. He's no, He's got the foam finger. He's got the, he's got the big foam finger. He wrote a, a little uh, op-ed, November 19th, 2001, for the Washington Post, still on their website. Many mul- Muslims around the world are celebrating Ramadan, the Islamic holy month of fasting. For many in the Middle East and in Afghanistan, the tensions of war and military action comes at a time when many Muslims seek spiritual purity. And on and on and on and on. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. This is Anwar is that the same guy? That's the guy we're yes. talking about? Yeah, it's with a picture. He gets a byline and a picture. Here, let me see. Wait a minute. Let me say, now, that's the guy we're talking about. He's the... He, the new he, head. Yeah, I'm sending it to you. No, on this Skype is the. Right no, now. you're thinking. No, I, this is the guy who is the. This is the Yemen guy. Anwar Al-Awlaki is. The, uh, he's either the number one foam finger or number two. No, no, two. he's not the number one guy. It's that other guy, that that crazy doctor who took over Al Qaeda. But there's this two is guys. The Yemen guy. The, this the is, American from Arizona. Yeah, but this is also a big Al Qaeda guy. Yeah, but he's not. He hasn't taken. Oh, he's not the head guy. But he's on the hit list. He's well, on the kill with a drone list. Crap. This guy's obviously an agent for someone. Yeah, duh. And I think the giveaway is the fact that he's still he's still posting. He's still posting. They're still posting his editorial. Imam Al Alaki of Dar Al Hiraj Islamic Center in Falls Church, Virginia, where he's from, <laughs> is also the Muslim chaplain at George Washington University. He holds a Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering from Colorado State, another fine CIA state. A master's in education leadership from San Diego State University as currently working on a doctorate degree in human resource development. Does it get any better? At George Washington University. 
No, it's Al Zahari that's the guy who's that's the That's the old guy, guy but uh, Anwal Alaki also has a shoot to kill. Yeah, I know he does. The other, I don't know if they have a shoot to kill, which is weird since he's an American. You yeah. can't do that. Yeah, oh, yes, we can. Anwal Al-Awaki. How do you spell it? Al-Zahari Al-Awaki. This is ridiculous. This is almost like just mocking the fact that we can't pronounce these crazy names. <laughs> just call him Adam Gadon, which is his real name. Waka. Yeah, it's his real name. Yeah, I think I'm pretty, I'm looking at his, uh, his yeah, let's, what is his real name? Let's just call him that so we don't get confused. Or Ad, I don't get Adam confused. Adam Gadon. Adam Gadon. That's his real name. Yeah, pretty awesome. So, um, that, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, the Chinese have come in with a great one, by the way, which, uh, which really killed me. All aboard, train's good, plane's bad. Ah, we finally know what caused the high-speed bullet train to collide with another one. It was a very simple fix. It was a lightning strike which caused the signal not to turn red. Yeah, I heard this. Please. I heard a bunch of different things. I heard it was a software problem. Well, yeah, because, but they're saying because of lightning. I thought these things, you know, you'd think with all these little radars, I mean, I can buy a Ford Focus. <laughs> With five or six radar devices all around it, so you can't bump into anything because you, you, you know, heaven forbid. Why don't they have these things on these trains? It seems to me that a high speed rail train might have a little radar action going on in the front and see something stopped on the tracks and it yeah. would like slam them on. Yeah, you'd think. You'd think. I mean, I didn't know that the. So the guy's traveling at 400 miles an hour and he doesn't see the red light. This doesn't make sense to me. This is not how you manage these trains. <laughs> he was like, hey, did you see a red light? I didn't see a red light. Wow, what's that motorcycle coming up? You know what the next thing is going to be on this? What? The guy was texting. <laughs> In the morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. That is horrible. So there's a meme going around that has me somewhat... Uh, um, interested, and I want to play this. Well, I, it came up. I think Horowitz and I, and and we discussed. I think we discussed it uh, on the last like a show or two ago about how uh, Goldman Sachs is going to cut a billion dollars by firing a thousand people, which means they're making a million dollars each. Yeah, and Cisco, I think, is going to save a bit. It's always a billion. What is the deal with this billion thing? And now here's the, this is what got me when I heard this Credit Suisse guy, even though it wasn't a billion dollars, it was a billion francs. But what is the thing with these companies? I mean, what, what, there's, a, there's obviously some memo went out saying they have to cut so much, but it, it, to, to confirm that they're doing the right thing, it's always rounding off to a billion be impacted by uh, by global events. Uh, do you want to attempt to make give us an outlook for the rest of the year, or is that too difficult at this point? I think it's tough to know exactly what will happen, and it's one of the reasons that we've obviously made adjustments to our business model. We've looked at increasing our efficiency in order to make sure that even if these kinds of conditions continue to uh, you know continue to prevail for the rest of the year, we'll be able to make very good returns for our shareholders. Speaking of the cost-cutting program you announced, it's a lot more detailed than many people had expected. Now, one billion francs in cost savings uh, in the time frame of a year. Do you think that'll be enough? 
Well, what we've said is that we will actually reduce our run rate going into next year by a billion Swiss francs from what we actually experienced in the first half of this year. It's a very specific program. We've actually already started taking steps on that front. Yeah, a billion is the new million. A million doesn't sound like much anymore, and this is all about shareholders and shareholder value, and it's got to sound like a lot. We already we talk about trillions in the government. This is, uh, I think, that's pretty normal. Yeah, so but it's always the exact same. It's like not not one point two. It's not uh, you know one point five or right. three point. Oh, you know, it's always one billion. Right. Eh. I just found it peculiar. Sorry, I don't know, maybe it's just me. So uh, John Stewart and I'm, I we don't have him talking, but John Stewart had a really funny. Uh, bunch of clips that he ran together talking about these idiotic shows uh news shows on cnn and elsewhere that are playing twitter feed feedback uh-huh and so he immediately caught uh don uh, don lemon no no don lemon is i saw that don lemon stuff but no he he immediately caught uh, the am show continually quoting from this twitter account called lady big mac <laughs> okay. So they would do a story, and then they quote from Lady Big Mac, and then they do a story, and they quote. So he caught three of them, and then he says, "Well, you know, even though this, you think you'd come up with more people, he then ran a clip that I guess they put together of all these different names that these news organizations are actually quoting from, and it's the, the whole. So I just clipped it up and I chopped him out and <laughs> put it together." You play this and you have to say, what is wrong with these news organizations? They sound like idiots quoting from these Twitter accounts. Fast food guilty pleasure is... Uh, well, Lady Big Mac on Twitter, five guys burgers and fries. We want to know if a politician's private transgressions matter to their public life. Lady Big Mac on Twitter says character matters. The decision by the president not to go public with the bin Laden death photos. We want to know what you think about the president's decision. Lady Big Mac yep. wrote us on Twitter, the president is right. We do not need to see pics of OBL. Do you think Casey Anthony will be convicted? And here's what you have had to say thus far. Shoelace says Casey Anthony should be convicted. Mr. Swiss Cheese tweets, Gingrich's big problem will be the women's vote. Karen, take it away. I love crispy bacon. Stay at home, Mom. Ice Kevin wrote to us. Blingin' it, 187, says Rim uh, Eyes Eyewigs on Twitter. Pirate Gold writes in. That's right, we have Murgatroyd's writing. That's Diamond Day 56 mm. on Twitter. Mr. Germany writes. Horsefly 1013 says, be strong tweeted dog fart yeah yeah it's pretty pathetic that's what news is and this brings up your issue is that no vetting and this is exactly what hillary's up to and it's not only no you don't even have to have a a, a serious i mean dog fart yeah yeah hilarious (laughs) meanwhile there's actual stuff taking place which is not being reported like this douche knuckle from uh uh, the uh, ATF denying any knowledge of Fast and Furious Senate hearing on C-SPAN. Let's not report on that. Before this investigation ends, I've got to have somebody in your position or a justice admit you knowingly let guns walk because right now your agents, both the agents here today from, from uh, Mexico and the agents that were part of Phoenix and part of this program who became whistleblowers have told us you were letting guns walk. Sir, in this investigation, it is my opinion that we did not let guns walk. You're entitled to your opinion, not to your facts. Woohoo! 
That's going to come down. Yeah, that's going to come down on Obama. I have an end of show clip. Yeah. That Judge Napolitano uh, rant about this exact topic. Okay. And he has a bunch of information in there that is actually uh, unknown to me, which includes the fact that Holder had already talked to uh, Mexico about this in, in 2009, two years beforehand, and then he went before Congress and said he didn't know anything about it. Right. This 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 could be Obama's Watergate. It could be if then if the media would get on it. Well, we'll just keep hammering on it because it's. Uh, I mean, the information's out there. These are all public hearings. Just no one's doing anything about it. And meanwhile, John, uh, the meme that we propagated is now thoroughly embedded into the psyche of the world. I introduce you to the Lone Wolf. Police in Stuttgart have seized rifles and ammunition from the homes of far-right extremists. The raids targeted a group called Standard Württemberg, but it's not thought they had any connection to Norway's mass killer. However, any activity involving extreme right-wingers is currently causing much attention across Europe. Interior Minister Hans-Peter Friedrich has warned that Germany's homegrown far-right scene has a dangerous fringe potentially capable of mounting deadly attacks. His warning came as a police union suggested that an alarm be set up for the Internet so web users could report extremist content such as that propagated by Norway's terror suspect. There you go. The lone wolves are out, ladies and gentlemen. The crackdown has begun. This is all thanks to... uh, the nut job in uh, in Oslo now, of course, officially being compared to Timothy McVeigh. Let's talk about another act of homegrown terror on home the right wing extremist side, and that's Timothy McVeigh. Can you yeah, connect the dots for us? What's the connection between? Connect the dots, please. Connect the dots, audience members. You need to connect the dots in your head when you hear this. Connect the dots. Connect the dots. Timothy McVeigh, lone wolf terror. Anders Breivik and a man like Timothy McVeigh. Timothy McVeigh, lone wolf. The two situations are eerily similar. Eerily, um, there's nothing e- uh, nothing similar. At all, Mr. McVeigh was guided by an ideology fueled by the far right here in the United States, and Mr. Brevik's attack, in many respects, is kind of an Islamophobic version of Timothy McVeigh's actions, uh, trying to inspire a generation to carry out additional acts of atrocities on the public uh, for a far right political end. The sad irony of it all is that they share also the commonality in that, uh, in both instances, the rush to judgment in the early stages, particularly from the American media, was to blame um, Muslims for the attack, when the reality tells us quite glaringly that it was, in both instances, homegrown terrorists carrying out these horrific uh, atrocities. Well, let's talk about that for homegrown. a moment. After 9-11, you know, people felt like they had uh, someone else to blame, someone from the outside to blame for the horrific acts that happened in their country. But in a homegrown terrorism homegrown. case, on the right-wing extremist side, how does a nation recover from this, knowing that it was one of their countrymen who killed you know, almost 100, or allegedly killed almost 100 of their own people? Well, it's essential, as the Prime Minister of Norway said today, um, to meet this horrific act with more democracy, to Ah. use the ends which they were trying to snuff out, uh, to embrace diversity in the community, to become a more welcoming and open society, rather than allowing uh, Mr. Brevik to win. 
to have society become more closed, to become more isolated, and to become more exclusionary. That's the way that the terrorists lose, is by people of goodwill standing up and saying that this kind of racism and bigotry will not be tolerated uh, in everyday conversations, let alone when it reaches its conclusion like we saw last Friday. Right, so you can't talk about it, you can't talk about anyone being bad, you have to let democracy take over. More memes, more meme alert. More details are emerging of Anders Bering Breivik's deadly attack in Norway. The right-wing fanatic has admitted taking steroids and the stimulant ephedrine, the fall of bombing in Oslo and the deadly rampage on the island of Utøya. A Norwegian newspaper has released this picture detailing Breivik's journey around the island where the young people were for their summer camp. How do they know this? They have an infographic, an animation of his entire track around the island. How do they know this? For 90 minutes, he stalked victims in bushes and even shot at those trying to swim away. There may be some credence to Breivik's claims that he wasn't working alone. This man ferried him to the island. Somebody dropped him off by car because he had a big suitcase with him that was very heavy. What was in the suitcase? He had one gun and he had a handgun, a rifle and and he had a very heavy suitcase? As I recall, people thought the suitcase contained bomb disarmament equipment. Breivik used the computer game Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 as part of his training. Listen to this. Oh yeah. So uh, Breivik, by the way, this guy's not been shut up. He's not allowed to talk about anything. Uh, By the way... Yeah, we, I, I, I should have started taking notes, but I see that we have, we have, uh, we've already had marijuana, uh, we've had steroids, steroids Call of Duty Two. What was the last one? Uh, that he uh, he got his training from Call of Duty Two from oh, the right. from we the video, video game. games. Yeah, video games. Uh, he's homegrown. The guy, you know, the picture they keep using is him, you know, dressed in like some high tech Navy SEAL outfit. Which the, is bullcrap. That was a Photoshop picture. That yeah. was the. Yeah, but, they, but they, they, it's, it's used everywhere. Picture. Yeah, it's become the real picture. And this one, ah, this was great. Well, judging from the mainstream media accounts of the horrific massacre in Norway, horrific. you might think that we're on the cusp of a wave of Christian terrorism that could rival any threat from Muslim terrorism. Is that true? Let's ask our own terrorism expert and Fox News strategic analyst, Lieutenant Colonel. I love their sound effects, by the way. That was Lieutenant a good sequence. Colonel. Ralph Peters. So, Colonel, first of all, this guy who was responsible, who we think is responsible, he's claimed responsibility, et cetera, Anders Breivik, I guess is his name. Do you think that he is, would you define him as a Christian terrorist, as all the headlines are? Well, he defines himself as a Christian, but, you know, anybody can claim anything. I have to tell you, it doesn't have anything to do with any church I've ever intended. Mm. But, David, what troubles me most is the hypocrisy. I mean, this is such a God reading it. To the li- what? He's not a very good actor. He's, like, reading his lines. Yeah, and, 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 and they keep hitting the, the sound effects on the cue when he's messing yeah, it up. Yeah, that's to cover up the fact that he's not <laughs> he's, delivering his lines very yeah, exactly. well. Exactly. Liberal media. One guy, a Timothy McVeigh type in Norway this time, does something really monstrous. There you go, Timothy McVeigh types. And suddenly, oh, it's okay. It's not about, you know, you, it's you know, just like Islam. Well, you know, it's not. There have been tens of thousands of Islamist terrorist attacks, and the media have rushed to say it's nothing to do with Islam. Now one crazy claims he's a Christian and commits an act of terror, and oh my God, we expect more Christian terrorists. Well, I'm waiting for the Baptist suicide bombers. <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be catchy. That would be funny. The Baptist suicide bomber. So let's go over a couple of things real quick. One is that the thing that the meme that 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 I still see when every time I see these articles is the use of the word terror terrorist at all. The guy is a mass murderer. He's not a. What is he terrorizing? I mean, he's not. I mean, the definition in Webster's of terrorism is the systematic, which means you do it over and over again to scare people, like like the people that do uh, suicide bombs in the buses. A specific use of terror as a means of coercion to 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 get people to change their political situation or to vote somebody in office, like they did in Spain. You remember that when they blew up the trains to get them to vote a certain way, and they did. What's yep. the, where's the terrorist angle in this? This is just nuts. Well, regardless of uh, the reason why it happened or how it happened, um, and you know, I have a ton of links in the show notes at three two five dot show notes dot com. Uh, there's a, a there's actually a carbon tax angle to this. Interestingly enough. <laughs> There is. I swear to God. You. I mean, it's. There's so many different. There's a lot of people. You have to explain that one. Okay. Hold on. Um, who are the bankers that benefit from the Norway terror attacks? Written by. There's G- that word again. Yeah, terror attacks. Yeah. Um, overall, the carbon tax pilot program was a failure, and this was. Uh, I'd have to open up the page. Hold on a second. Um, so apparently, Norway was supposed to be the pilot project for uh, European carbon tax, even though Norway not officially in the EU. Uh, I'll read it to you. Last week's terror attacks in Norway shattered the heart of a peace-loving society. One of the terror suspects, a crazed man by the name of Anders Breivik. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, yesterday, the alleged terrorist Breivik had his day in court. Just as he started to mention he had accomplices in the attacks, the judge silenced him and ordered him to four weeks in isolation before his trial. Why? Wouldn't the people of Norway have a right to know who helped that crazed man carry out the terror attacks? Answer, yes. It is obvious that he had assistance. The attacks had to require some level of sophistication and professional planning. But rather than focus on Brevik's background, because we may never know the whole truth about him, let's examine who benefits from these horrendous attacks. Last year, during the Cancun Global Climate Change Summit, the Norway government, headed by Prime Minister Jens Stoltenberg, leader of the Labour Party, agreed to participate in a carbon tax pilot program endorsed by the UN and George Soros. The program is called RED, which is an acronym for Reduced Emissions and Deforestation and Forest Degradation. In this carbon tax program, Norway would send anywhere from $250 million to $500 million from Norwegian taxpayers to the government of Guyana in South America. Now, I'm not going to read all this verbatim, but essentially what happened is that money got sent... And then a whole bunch of buddies on the inside basically stole the money. And uh, the guy who stole the money, they tried to kill him, this Guyanan government uh, shill. Uh, he, he, actually, he, uh, his name is Fip Motial. He attempted to commit suicide, in quotes, in Palm Beach, Florida, July 2010, taken to a mental health clinic for psychological treatment. Um, and then his vehicle flipped over. He went over a 40-foot cliff but still survived. Overall, the carbon tax program was a failure and a major embarrassment for the Norwegian government. The international banks and the government contractors involved in that scam forget the money. They have all the money in the world. This was supposed to be their pilot program, and it failed. As a result, the People's Progress Party became the number one obstacle for the carbon tax promoters. So what this article surmises is that this was a hit against, and it was, of course, against the PPP, 
because they screwed up the carbon tax scam. Interesting angle. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. That's why I, <laughs> I, I, I tagged it. I'm well, like, you just leaving the show notes. You got to talk about this stuff. Yeah, well, uh, that's what I did. Yeah, well, after I drug it out of you. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. It's hard. You know, there's so much stuff to talk about. Well, that's a that's a gem. Yeah. That's typical of the global warming scam. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and the people that can't see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Death and destruction. Brought to you by the global warming people and General Electric. Well, anyway, here's another thing. Here's what's really bugging me. Uh, you know, you're talking about all these different things going on. You know, what, what is being covered up and not being discussed? Play the keeping Mueller, Mueller, whatever his name is, uh, clip. Hold on. Sorry. Slip of the hand. Who's Mueller again? Isn't he like a... You know, the head of the FBI. FBI Why are we keeping him? In addition to ensuring that terrorists are denied victory, some of our public servants also protect us from crime and ensure that justice is served. The agency that is charged with this unique duty is the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The FBI director is limited to a 10-year non-renewable term. Congress imposed this restriction to ensure political independence and to act as a restraint on unbridled power and the potential for misuse of that power. In just a few weeks, the current FBI director, Robert S. Mueller III, will conclude his 10-year term. The president has asked for a one-time two-year extension for Mr. Mueller to ensure continuity in America's national security team. The killing of Osama bin Laden and personnel changes in key national security posts make these unusual times that justify a short-term extension. Director Mueller has shown himself a dedicated public servant who has kept terrorists at bay and reduced crime. Mr. Mueller assumed leadership of the FBI on September 4, 2001, just one week prior to the attacks of September 11, 2001. During his tenure, he has reformed the FBI to ensure that it is able to address not only terrorist threats, but also threats posed by traditional criminals. This request for an extension was not made by Mr. Mueller, but by the President of the United States. Huh. Yeah, because the guy knows something, I guess. Well, here's the deal. And then Sheila Jackson, this guy's from Texas, and then Sheila Jackson shows up with a very similar speech, <laughs> with, with and a bunch the, of other people came With a out. great scarf, no doubt. She's always got oh, great she's scarves. The, the woman is the most annoying <laughs> person ever. But anyway, they all come out in support of this guy. <clears throat> Congress specifically passed a law that limited the term of office for the FBI director to 10 years, period. The law was passed for a reason. And now they're going to overturn the law, or not really, they're going to just give him a two-year extension, which is in direct violation of what the idea was to begin with. And then who's to say we're not going to have another two-year extension, then another one, and the guy's J. Edgar Hoover. I mean, give me a break. What are, who are these guys kidding? Don't they know why they passed this law in the first place? Not that Mueller's not a great guy. It's the fact is you're not supposed to keep the guy in there for a reason. So is it, uh, is anyone contesting this? Are people uh, no? They're just like okay, the guy's great. They're all talking yeah, about how great he is. Stamp. Let's go to work. Where's the auto pen? Really? So no one is standing up and saying, "Hold on a second, you know, there's a reason for this." Well, maybe Ron Paul is. I have, haven't found anyone. Hmm. And this has been totally not covered by anyone. 
There was something else that cropped up, which I'm having a hard time. It's it's almost second half of the show stuff. Um, you want to do? Uh, we want to thank some producers, and I'll, and I'll bring up this uh, this little gem that I found, which I think is second half type stuff because it involves some some rocketry. <laughs> Ooh, rocketry! <laughs> rocketry! I'll tell you what—that's probably a good idea. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Okay, so we've got, uh, again, we don't have a lot of, not all the cities came through, so we only have a couple. We do have Sir Todd Simmons, Simons, or Simmons, from 8 Mile Plains, Brisbane, uh, $133 in the morning, Jen. This should finalize funds for my third knighthood. You you don't have this on the list, so please put it on the list. Please give it to Melissa, my fiancé. Oh, hold on a second. So Melissa, but we don't have Melissa's last name. No, well, just Melissa for now. <sighs> if she's going to marry him, it's going to be Melissa Simmons. Simons. Simmons. Okay, we'll just call her uh, Dame, uh, Dame Melissa. Melissa. Okay. That's fine. He's in desperate need of karma. Please give me a shout out. Yep. Hold on a second. Here we go. You've got karma. He said... He says his mechanic told me his car would take two weeks to fix, and it's been three months so far. I may require legal action. He, by the way, the name of his mechanic is Obama. <laughs> no, that's a cruel joke. A it's cruel a, joke. Does he have a clutch car? <laughs> he may require legal action. Anyway, so he's got a bad mechanic, so he needs, needs some karma. Yeah. Um, WJB Raps. $133.33. Hi, John Adam. My name is Wilbert Raps from the Netherlands. Het is geweldig dat Julie show en likpunt in des duisternis is het werkt verlent en zorgt ervoor dat g alert bluft. Het is geweldig dat jullie show een lichtpunt in de duisternis is. Het werkt verlichtend en zorgt ervoor dat je alert blijft. It's great. I said. Yeah, it's great that your show is a light in the dark, a point of light in the dark. It works um, as an awakening force and keeps you alert. That's good. Uh, he uh, likes my, John's, geographical tips for vacation purposes, so keep doing that. And a question about clipping. What is the best way to record? I have a TV with HDMI, USB, and HDD hooked to it. My, on my desktop, I want to record audio and video streams. Do I need to buy hardware? Is it only installing software? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's perpendicularnews.com. Uh, send me an email. I'll tell you what I do, and then you can take it from there. Yeah, whatever you do, don't do what I've been doing, because everything's over-modulated here in the bus. It's yeah, not so I don't good. know what you're doing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Be. I'm doing something wrong. I don't know. Alan Cavito Third, Richmond, Virginia, 12345. I listen to maybe 15 podcasts a week. Wow. Only three are top priority. No agenda is in my top three. You two are just awesome in so many ways. Great show in so many ways. Glad Adam figured out how to stop popping his mic. <laughs> yes, really? Yeah. Well, if you see his rig now, he's got a big giant, I don't <laughs> know where you screen. got that big blue. It's a, it's a, it's an accessory. You can buy it on Amazon, the blue pop screen. Yeah, it looks pretty because it's curved. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's what, what he's using, a pop, pop. 
pop, whatever they're called. Pop, pop music. Pop filter. David Murkowski, $111.11. Sean Brooker, $111.11. We know karma works for getting a job. Does it work for getting the girl? Yeah. Yeah, here we go. Let's give it a shot. Maybe it'll happen. You've got karma. Actually, you need one of these to go along with it. Uh, That's one mother I'd like to. That usually helps. Let us know. Send pictures. Ed... Edward Hines, anonymous karma shot from Jacksonville, Florida, is not a crap hole. <laughs> You've got karma. Way to go, Buzzkill Jr. Yeah, he blew it. Yep. $111. Daniel Rondi, 6666, is quadruple three for gas money, quadruple 33 for gas money. That's not... <laughs> That's double 33. It's not quadruple. Anyway. Yeah, it's only double. <clears throat> Uh, Mer, Mar, Mar, oh brother, Mar, M- Marina. You think? Yeah, I think it's Marina Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah, husband of Call of <laughs> Two, and their kid too. <laughs> Sixty-five. First-time donor. One on the drive to NYC the other day, we started discussing the bed bug hysteria without missing a beat. My thirteen-year-old and ten-year-old started singing "The Distraction of the Week." The distraction <laughs> of the week. I love that. Have the kid record it. You have little kids singing that. Oh, you have no idea. Every single person we've met on the road, John, every single one talks about their kids singing all the jingles. And their favorites are Hot Pockets. That's one of their favorites. A lot of them love uh, uh, Trains Good, Planes Bad. And, uh, of course, uh, our favorite, which is Dvorak.org. Slash N A. Love it. The kids love it. Well, I just think it would, I would like to hear, have the uh, Marina, $65 donor, have your, uh, or is John S. one of the two, whoever donated, uh, have, get a recording of a 13 and a 10 year old singing together that jingle. I would yeah. love to hear it. I think it's got to be hilarious. That's got to be awesome. Mike Potter, St. Louis, uh, Lake St. Louis, Missouri. Double nickels on the dime. Charles Hickman, Grove City, Ohio. Double nickels on the dime. Please set me up some, with some karma for a complicated situation I'm working on. Oh, okay. Well, we don't need to know. You've got karma. Loves the show. He also wants to hear a Chinese ITM. That seems to be an awfully popular of all of them that's the most popular. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know why. It has a nice ring to it. It does. Let's just hear that one again. People actually will send me an email. I'm like, what, th- what does it say there? Oh, and then they have their own way of spelling Sheshan Wu. Takes you, huh. takes you a while to figure out. Oh, it's a Sheshan Wu. Okay, I got it. Susie Lawson, double nickels on the dime. Hello, John. And I'm sorry that my boyfriend and I couldn't attend the meetup in Asheville, Sheva, Carolina, requesting some karma for myself regarding a job promotion. Hoping it would get us. You've got karma. Hoping it would help us just get by. Yeah. Love the show. Jeffrey Gerlach. Sir Jeffrey Gerlach. I'm sorry. Uh, double nickel. Oh, 5150, the nutball uh, donation. Uh, because you're all the best. Uh, last those servants that can call themselves public servants. We are public servants. This is true. Alan uh, in uh, Oakland, uh, $50. David Hislop, um, $50. Solvency is maintained by means of a national debt on the principle, if you will not lend me the money, how can I pay you? Yeah. Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. And finally, Peter Totes and Philip Merkit Merkit, uh, $50. And I want to thank them and all the rest of the donors who contributed for this uh, 
Thursday's uh, No Agenda show. We appreciate it. Yeah, we've got a couple of um, Hot Pockets tour producers who have also supported. Uh, I have to go back to Tampa as uh, after the show I received a couple donations. Josh Araya, $60 for gas. Thank you so much. Uh, Aaron Patterson gave uh, two $50 gas cards and a $1 bill, and he had a, he had a really cute card. Uh, so it's an envelope. It says, From a former distracted slave to no agenda. And on the back it says, Don't worry, I can't make anthrax at my facility. And uh, <laughs> in the card, uh, Adam and Mickey, don't you two get cabin fever in the four winds, 5,000, or will 5150 you? Zhou Zhang Huao, which I think is Shezang Wu, Adam and JCD in spirit. Hope you find the enclosed useful for your five-week oil cabal support tour around Gitmo Nation. Thanks for all your hard work on the show. Keep hitting them in the mouth, your loyal human resource, Aaron Patterson, Gitmo Nation Oranges. And then he has a little, you know, drawings and stuff on it. So very, very cute. Thank you so much for that. These uh, gas cards, by the way, are a big pain in the ass. I mean, first of all, they're highly appreciated. But I think that the, the... and by the way, it's funny that a lot of people in uh, the Gulf Coast states went out of their way to give us BP gas cards, just as like a, a little extra joke. There. So we got them from Shell, we got them from BP. Um, it's like they don't immediately work in the gas stations. You got to go inside, and it's like, you know, you got to go through a little rigmarole. It's interesting. I think the whole idea is for you to, to buy them and forget them. Which is the way most gift cards. Well, you know, work, gift by the cards way. in general are you are are a money maker because people either don't yeah, use they them, they it. lose yeah. them, but they're too hard to yeah. use. Uh, in Pensacola, uh, Pensacola, or actually uh, Lillian uh, in uh, Alabama, Brian and Candace, thank you so much for picking us up and for the fifty dollars gas donation. Highly appreciated. Yesterday uh, here in New Orleans, uh, David Ramagosa and his lovely daughters. Uh, you can see all of that uh, on the uh, Hot Pockets uh, Facebook page, which Mickey is. Uh, maintaining which has uh, tons of great pictures john thank you for sending out the email uh, she really appreciated all the extra work of uh, people now trying to get to meet us now that uh, we've emailed that and uh, so that was two hundred dollars and they also picked up lunch for us highly appreciated andy kirby this is a very interesting guy you look at his pictures on he so he gave a hundred dollar gas card highly appreciated andy thank you so much uh, if you look on uh, on the facebook page you'll see that he looks like Brad Pitt. In fact, he walked in, I'm like, oh my God, it's Brad Pitt. He's coming to the meetup. Really? Seriously, yeah, the guy's, he's a good-looking guy. And uh, oh, we, should, we, should, we should get him out to L.A. and then we can get reservations with Brad Pitt and we just go all these Yeah, we'll just, we'll just go around and say, hey, we got Brad Pitt here. We need... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so um, he also gave, at the end of the, of the meetup, a uh, customized leather-bound Bible. I have one with my name on it. Mickey has one with her name on it. Mine is uh, black and gray, and she has one that is hot pink. And uh, he has a nice little uh, note that he put in here. It's very sweet. And he says, and he and he says, start on page nine hundred and sixty-five. So I go to, and it's a code, John. It's a code. Let me explain this code. Page 965 is the beginning of the book of John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. I think this is code and that he's telling me that you, John, are John. 
and that you bring the light. Yeah. No, now I've gotten to reading the Bible on the show. Well, you should have saved it for Sunday. I like it. It's nice. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful Bible. It works for me. It's the most read book in history. As far as I Indeed. Yes. And by the way, I think the, the, the listener, sub, uh, producer who said that you're on a five-week oil company support <laughs> tour is a- absolutely on the money. Spot on. That's right. Oil cabal. Oil cabal <laughs> tour. It is. We're burning it up, baby. So uh, we really appreciate everyone's uh, support for the show. It, it really does help because we're just pouring the money in. Uh, and now, of course, we're desperately looking for BP and Shell stations uh, to fill it all up. Uh, our next stop, uh, tonight we're going to stop somewhere, we hope to make it to Houston, but we might not make it because we're going to start rolling right after the show. Of course, we picked up an hour, so it's uh, we got a little extra time. Uh, but our next show will be from Austin, Texas, and uh, this is going to be a huge meetup. Mickey's got uh, a lot of people coordinating. Uh, ITM.IM slash Tour 08, that'll uh, take you to the Facebook page. Of course, updates uh, still on my blog and on the HotPockets2008.com website. And uh, we're... I'm going to tell Callie Lewis to go visit you. Yeah, why don't you not? All right? Thank you. <laughs> That's just fine. Yeah, there's no, no reason to do that. So it, but it has been absolutely beautiful. John, you are really missed. It feels uh, wrong in oh so many ways to be uh, taking so much praise for the show without you there. Um, I am uh, very cognizant of the fact that uh, uh, a lot of people never would have found the show without you shilling on other programs, so that's great. Um, and um, and it's, it's also very apparent if uh, either one of us drops dead, the show is over. And it's, it's no good. No, I think you got to go good one week. <laughs> get enough for uh, for burial services. We can get we some can coast for one yeah, one or two shows. We can coast, nice. <laughs> hey, I got a one hour of sound effects I, so far, and I'm going to have a two hour not sound effects but clip. <laughs> I'm going to have a two hour clip show available for emergency use probably within the next two or three months. It's it's painful to to put together a bunch of 30, 40 second clips. Yeah, it's it's the dead man's button. If one of us dies, then we got some clips. We got a clip show left over. Just enough to get show. by. Yeah, beautiful. Get by. Perfect. Some extra karma going out to Jeannie, one of our uh, uh, human resources in the chat. Uh, she's having some health problems, so let me uh, hit her with a little burst there. You've got karma. And uh, Dave Bryan from uh, the guy who maintains NoAgendaEntertainment.com. Uh, hey, Adam, things aren't going so great here. No Agenda Entertainment land. I desperately need full-time employment to pay my bills and to get by. Uh, and now, of course, losing my affiliate money from Amazon, thanks to uh, the great state of California, means no beer money from running my little site. Uh, it w- I would be super happy if you could send a little good karma this way so I can become gainfully employed once again in turn help support the show so yeah we do appreciate everything you've done there dave you've got karma absolutely and then we got a couple of birthdays to celebrate susan l brigham uh, says happy birthday congratulations to her son tyler brigham turning 24 today patrick sutton he's celebrating his own birthday turning 20 don't know. His birthday is on the 28th. No idea how old he is. Sean Pendergast, his 29th birthday is on today, the 28th. And Wayne H. says happy birthday to his wife, Catherine. A belated uh, happy birthday. But he really appreciates uh, her letting him attend the meetup in Tampa last Sunday. 
uh, which was actually her birthday. I can't believe you did that, Wayne, but that's very nice of her. So happy birthday from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And uh, then we have... uh, We got some knighthoods. Uh, John, if you could uh, draw out the blade, please. That would be uh, helpful. Yeah, very good. Paul Schneider and Melissa Simmons, or the future Melissa Simmons, please step forward. Extend your ring fingers or any finger you wish to point in my direction. Thanks to your donations in support of the No Agenda podcast program. The best show in the world in excess of $1,000. We hereby knight thee, Sir Paul Schneider, knight of the No Agenda roundtable, and Dame Melissa Simmons, dame of the No Agenda roundtable. Please enjoy your hookers and blow, your rent boys and Chardonnay. I wonder if kids will be asking their parents what that's all about. Uh, one of these days. Yeah, hey, by the way, while you were doing that, I was looking up the uh, the Senate. Wait a minute, you on... weren't you weren't attending the ceremony? No, no, I mean before that. Oh, okay. I was looking up the Senate vote on Mueller. Yeah, and they, he was reconfirmed for the two more years. By I guess what the vote was. How many votes are there? A hundred. Sorry, I didn't hear you. Broke up. How but... many? How many votes are there in total? Uh, the total of his 50 senators, I'm sorry, 50 states, 100 votes. 100 votes. 99 to 2. 100 to nothing. No, you're kidding me. Every single douchebag voted, you know, they're all afraid. This guy has the goods on everybody, that's why. Yeah, this, this, is, the, this is the reason that law was passed. Now but, the guy's never going to get out of office. This is, the, this is our Congress. No, no, that's the Senate. Oh, well, I mean, this is the Senate. I mean, this, they're the ones, I guess, who have to confirm the guy. Whatever the case is, is forget it. It's just the way it is. That's outrageous. 100 to nothing. That includes Rand Paul. And, oh, really? Yeah, that's right. He's a senator. Did he vote? He 100 to nothing is the vote. He had to have voted. Everyone voted. They all voted, too. Nobody abstained. Nobody didn't show up. Yeah, they've got that Buddha thing on Rand Paul. That's why he voted. Oh, so here's crap. the deal. So here, so this is not covered by any mainstream media. It's just, well, you know, the guy's great. He's great. Let, let's put He's him awesome. in forever. He's doing a good job. Like the president, you know, the president. So that's why they passed this thing. That t- they should have made it a four a four year thing, and they maybe wouldn't. You know, the guy's two, ten years is too long. The guy gets his, gets the goods on everyone. He gets right back in. And then they made a point, these guys, but I'm sorry, we got to get back to the donation thing, as I want to mention that how did people can help us. But I just want, I'm just on a rant here. Yeah. But they, 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 they mentioned, they gave, everyone's mentioned, by the way, it wasn't Mueller's idea, it was Obama's idea. Yeah, right, right yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I want to thank people that did donate and uh, to remind them to go to Dvorak.org slash NA. Hold on, let me try it this way. Hey, hey, hold on, what's happening? Oh no! Did we break? Uh, maybe noagendanation.com and noagendashow.com are good alternatives. Also, channeldvorak.com slash na is also a third way to get in. Hold on a second! Something broke here. I want to know why that happened. slash na. Well, at least that part still works. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and uh, and it's very important that you support this program because, of course, we don't take any uh, commercial uh, funds. We are uh, a public servants. And here's the alternative. I don't know if you saw the NASCAR prayer, John. This uh, this blew me away. We always have uh, a prayer before NASCAR and uh, before the, the before the start of the race. So if you don't support our show, are you okay? Yeah, I just got got tangled up with the mic. Sorry, <laughs> I could just see you falling on the floor. Help! 
I've fallen. Help me, my mic hit me in the nose. I've fallen, I can't get up. Help me so much, please help me. Help me, somebody help me. <laughs> Ages prick. Yeah, that's right. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for all your blessings. You said in all things give thanks. So we want to thank you tonight for these mighty machines that you brought before us. Thank you for the Dodges and the Toyotas. Thank you for the Fords. And most of all, we thank you for Roush and Yates partnering to give us the power that we see before us tonight. Thank you for GM Performance Technology and the R07 engines. Thank you for Sunoco Racing Fuel and Goodyear tires that bring performance and power to the track. Lord, I want to thank you for my smoking hot wife tonight, Lisa. My two children, Eli and Emma, or as we like to call them, the little E's. Lord, I pray you bless the drivers and use them tonight. May they put on a performance worthy of this great track. In Jesus' name, boogity, boogity, boogity. Amen. <laughs> boogity, boogity, boogity. Is this guy ordained or is this just... Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, sure he's yeah. an entertaining preacher, yeah. that's for sure. I love it. I want to thank you, Lord, for my smoking hot wife. Awesome. Right on. That's how it should be done, man. Yeah, I did. we blogged that, too, if you want to actually see the visual. Oh, you did? Cool. Oh, yeah. So somehow I lost uh, connection here. Uh, this is not good. Let me see. Oh, I think I'm back. Hold on a second. I just want to make sure I got the... Uh, wow. Things crashing. <sighs> it's difficult. Life on the road is not easy, my friend. Let me tell you that. Now the cold is coming So when you're playing crazy, uh, crazy clips, I got one. Yeah, all right. So um, I'm watching uh, So You Think You Can Dance. <laughs> Which is a pretty good show. Yeah, it's entertaining because these guys are pretty. I mean, there's a lot of really good dancers. You know, there's this this show. Of course, it's up against America's Got Talent, and you know these shows, which are all stemmed from uh, you know Ted Max Amateur Hour from years and years ago. And the ago, Gong Show, the Gong and Show, and the Gong Show to, to a lesser extent. But these are actually more like the Ed Sullivan Variety Show because there's a, especially America's Got Talent because there's a bunch of variety acts that you would never normally see. And I have to say this. This is just the biggest scam. I, I, whoever dreamed it up, essentially it's the Ed Sullivan show where you don't pay anybody. Yeah, that's what's so cool about it. Yeah, that's what's so cool about it. So you get to watch a variety show that's under the guise that it's some sort of a competition when we all know that's bull crap. And you get these three douchebags or four, depending. You know, you get to judge the various acts. But in the meantime, you get to see a lot of really cool variety acts. But are these people getting, if they're getting paid anything, they're getting paid scale. They're not getting paid what they would have been getting in the olden days. I mean, this is, these, these poor performers aren't getting anything for their, for their efforts. And they're so happy to be there. So what's your point? Eh, my point is just a complaint. I just feel bad about it. That's just my being point. an old, old cranky man. Not liking it. So here's Mer here's one of the judges <clears throat> in America can dance, or you think you can dance, Mary Murphy. And this is one of the reasons I dislike these shows because of people like this. This is Mary Murphy, the, one of the judges, whooping and hollering over somebody's performance, and just it's just so ludicrous that it's ridiculous. Opinion and give it I to guess me now. it's no secret I loved it! <laughs> <laughs> Tabitha and Napoleon, that 
dance with brooms like that, this world would certainly be a cleaner world, I tell ya. You guys had the vibe, and you kept it right and tight. I loved it! Nice, right and tight. Nigel, what do you think? That's right. Open up. Take your medicine. All right. While you were watching important programming like that, John, I was scouring the uh, the record. I was uh, scouring the uh, Federal Register. And what do I come across? And it's always so coincidental that these things get published and get put out. And I have a couple questions about this that maybe you can help me with. Whenever there's some something really big going on, and we've got uh, like people getting shot up and blown up in Norway, and we've got the debt show, American Idol happening, there's an executive order. Released on July 25th, executive order blocking property of transi- transnational criminal organizations. Interesting. Uh, Barack Obama, President of the United States, find the activities of significant transnational criminal organizations such as those listed in the annex to this order have reached such scope and gravity that they threaten the stability of international political and economic systems. Such organizations are becoming increasingly sophisticated and dangerous to the United States. They are increasingly entrenched in the operations of foreign governments and the international financial system thereby weakening democratic institutions, degrading the rule of law, and undermining economic markets. These organizations facilitate and aggravate violent civil conflicts and increasingly facilitate the activities of other dangerous persons. I therefore determine that significant transnational criminal organizations constitute an unusual and extraordinary threat to the national security, foreign policy, and economy of the United States. Wow, this is a big one. This is like, could could this be Al-Qaeda? Could it be Al-Shabaab? Could it be the Taliban? No. Let's go to the annex. It's the Brothers Circle, a.k.a. the Family of Eleven, formerly known as the Twenty. John, I ask you, this incredibly dangerous organization that threatens the, the, the economic stability and security of the world. Have you ever heard of the Brothers Circle? No. Have you ever heard of the Family of Eleven? Not really. Well, then why? What is this? Where's the reporting? Where? Why aren't we all over this? Well, well t- there's Al-Shabaab is the real reason, <laughs> but... The, this is the Brothers Circle. Circle of Brothers, I got that. If I, if I, wait a minute. Brother, what was it? Brother of... It's the Brothers bro- Circle, right? The Brothers Circle, formerly known as the Family of Eleven, formerly hey, known wait, as the Twenty. How does this work? I go to Google, and I type in Brothers Circle, and the first thing I get is Circle of Brothers Men's Town Hall Meeting in Harlem, the Circle Brothers Free Music Tour Day, so apparently there's a band, mm-hmm. Scala and... Kalanchny Brothers Circle dash Circle 2010 two CDs U.S. takes down no, Russian no. organized there finally there it is and it's not even at the top of the list. Now you would be hard pressed to find any information about this horrible threat that apparently is so bad we have to have uh, an executive order and the executive order by the way 
is uh, is pretty big. It's like uh, let me see. Uh, and by the way, the persons listed—it's not just the persons listed in this annex. It's also any person determined by the Secretary of the Treasury in consultation with the Attorney General and the Secretary of State. Of course, Lucifer's in there. Uh, to any foreign person that constitutes a significant transnational criminal organization. Essentially, this is to shut down finance of anybody the U.S. government wants. So they could, they could call us a significant transnational criminal organization and shut down our PayPal accounts. But uh, I did the research and I came up with um, the Brother Circle. Uh, it's actually not a term the Russians recognize in law enforcement, but the family of Levin and the Twenty reflect a pop culture representation of Russian organized crime. So it's not even a defined group. It's just a general, like, slang term for the Russian mob. Yeah, I'm reading this. I'm reading a very good little breakdown it's from the term Bratsky Krug. The Brothers Circle has been used from time to time with the, with the traditional Soviet underwear reference. It's like, it's like the mafia. So the president basically, just, and, and by the way, who runs Russia? The mafia. I mean, we know that. That's, not, that's no secret. Ex-KGB guys, it's all one big mob state. So the president has just basically come out and said, Hey, you're Russian? Screw ya. Now, if you're Russia, what would you do to retaliate? Oh, here we go. This is going to be good. We what? had a we had a launch yesterday of a Minuteman a launch of a Minuteman oh, okay. three interballistic continental missile, intercontinental ballistic missile, which um, apparently malfunctioned and had to be destroyed. I immediately received reports from Russia that the Russians shot this missile down as a retaliation against this exact executive order. And that there is now an actual Cold War at play between the U.S. and the, and the Russians, uh, i.e. The, the Brothers Circle, the family of 11. All right. And no one's reporting on this missile that uh, had to be... I mean, how stupid is it? Yeah, no, the missile malfunctioned, so we destroyed it in flight. I actually, I think I have somewhere I have... The, it happens uh, once in a while. I'm not sure that you got... I think you may have be on a dead end here with this. Mm, I don't know. I don't the more know. I read about this, it's almost like they don't want to really name names when it comes to the Russian mob, because there's apparently an executive order also refers to the Kimura, the Yakuza, yeah. and La Zetas, which I'm unfamiliar with. So apparently... Um I guess it's a Mexican, big Mexican gang. There's yeah, more than one gang. Yeah, in there's why they just, yeah, why did they just call the one out, though? The Los Zetas is ex-special forces turned narcos. Okay, this is, like, too weird, the whole thing. It's strange, right? And it just slips under the radar, and, it's, uh, and they can shut everyone... Any money that you have, if you're related to a uh, significant transnational criminal organization, i.e. the mob, uh, the U.S. can seize it. But how would they, I mean, why don't they just, uh, well, what it says to me is that due process seems to be at, you know, at risk here. <laughs> yeah, no, that's never been at risk, uh, at risk before, John. This is brand new. <laughs> well, 
Unbelievable. It's, it's crazy, though, right? Yeah, well, if they can get away with this, and they can just put anybody's name on a list and say, we're just going to seize the guy's stuff and throw him in jail. Or well, shoot think, him. Yeah, I think. well, I think that's basically the point. Not that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make excuses for these mobs, but come on. Yep. And uh, I was just interested. I, I, I had no questions in the... Uh, the Carney spokeshole, you know, they, he talks for almost an hour. No one asks any questions about this. Do these guys not read the Federal Register? I mean, it's on the it's on WhiteHouse.gov for Christ's sake. Excuse me for taking the Lord's name in vain. It's on the website. I don't know. And, and you know, and how can we how can we hear about Al Shabab? Al Shabab. I want to know about the Brother Circle. This to me is a, this is interesting. I like the Family of Eleven. That sounds cool. Hey. I'm with the family of 11. I don't know. Well, that's a good find. I don't know what it means in, in the big picture, but obviously something. Well, I think we need to just keep our eye money on grabbing. it. You know, we got a government that just loves to grab people's money. That's right. Take it. Hey, you know, we get a short, shortfall on taxes. This is one way of taxes. <laughs> no, no, we had a windfall. What are you talking about? We had a windfall. We actually did good. We, we brought in more revenue. Than expected. This is all over the the National Treasure, which I haven't happened to listen to while I'm on the road. Oh yeah. Well, sometimes that's all you can get. Seems to have the best signal. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and they have three transmitters right next to each other. You go from ninety one point one down to eighty nine nine. So when you start to lose one, you pick it up on the other. Oh, that's great. No, no. The the Ministry of Truth is all over the place. Yeah. Now I have a clip here, which uh, is a pedo bear clip. Uh, this is actually from our other national treasure, PBS. And this is about the... Uh, Ireland is, you know... Uh, the Prime Minister of Ireland came out and said, Hey, the Vatican, the Catholic Church, systematic torture and sexual abuse of children, and it's abhorrent, and you guys have done nothing proper about it. Which is a big deal, because I think in uh, in Ireland, the churchgoers, probably 80% is Catholic. And uh, for the prime minister to come out and say this is, uh, has really rocked the boat. And I have to give props to PBS for uh, bringing in this guy from RTE. And, uh, well, it's, just, it's, it's astounding to me. It's not like we haven't been talking about this on the show for many, many years. But it seems like there is a big Irish Catholic priest, Pete Bear issue. For more, we're joined by Richard Downs, the Washington correspondent for RTE, Ireland's national television station. And Richard, did the Cloyne report, the examination of this one diocese in Ireland, show that the church there was covering up accusations of priestly child abuse in contravention of what they said they were going to do? Yes and no. Yes, they were, and no, it was not a surprise to anybody. Um, we've had the Ferns report. We've had reports on the Christian brothers in Ireland. We've had ro- uh, reports on the Magdalene sisters in Ireland. Many reports going back 20, 25, 30 years. And each one has shown that uh, the priests and the bishops of particular orders or dioceses have uh, covered up and have uh, tried to dissuade the authorities from getting involved, the official legal authorities from getting involved. But lots of people in Ireland, I think the majority of our Irish people, assumed that this was somehow in the past, that this was to do with the legacy of Cloyne Report, a senior cleric notes that he realized what a problem the church in Ireland had when he started to read reports about priestly abuse in Canada, in the United States, in Australia, 
and it struck him that these were Irish-ordained, Irish-born priests. So there is a connection to the scandal in the rest of the world? Absolutely. There's a connection to the scandal here in the United States. Recently, uh, my own television stations had a, uh, a long documentary about um, priests and alleged abuse in Africa. Of course, many Irish priests went abroad. We produced a massive surplus of priests, of Christian brothers, of brothers, of nuns, who many of, of course, it should be said, went and did great work abroad. But of course, we exported a type of uh, Catholicism that for, for whatever reason, and that hasn't been really clarified yet, created this kind of sexual abuse monster. And it happened in the United States, it happened in Canada, it happened in Australia, it happened hey, in New Zealand. Hey, can this guy get to the point? It's very familiar. The names are Irish. The, the, the modus operandi of the uh, abusers involved was exactly the same, whether it was Colway, Cloyne, um, New Zealand, or the United States. So it was something that we did, and something that happened out of, out of Ireland, if you like, that came out of Ireland, uh, which is undeniable and, uh, and very recognizable. So what do you think? Is it in the potatoes? Is it in the water? Irish priest pedo bear. Uh, I don't know, but I can, to quote you, that's five minutes of my life I'll never get back. Well, you know what? <sighs> okay. I mean, you don't care? You don't care that no, this it's is not, taking I place? No, I don't care, but could you have, like, summarized it? I mean, the guy's just boring. Sometimes I think it has to be boring. Well, not if people don't pay attention, and I was zoning out with that guy. All right. Well, then, please entertain us, John. No, I'm done. I don't have any more clips. I was hoping you were going to finish strong with some flying saucer material. I, start, I started. I started on the the Russians blowing out the the Minuteman, and you didn't. You like oh, you're taking it too far. That's no good. Uh, yeah. Well, I thought maybe you're saying there's an alien shooting it down. I mean, there was nothing good. All right. Well, then the, let's... How, what, how come the, the Russian? I don't buy it. It's because I'm not buying it. I, you think that if the Russians shot it down, there'd be some? I don't know. I'm just. There's something, maybe the I don't know, maybe the Russians don't, I don't know. I think I we're know. in a cold war. I think you just, I think you got the Russian story wrong, and let me tell you why. I think, I think the Russian mob is a concern, and this is all window dressing, because you yourself said, and if you read any of this stuff, there is no real brother circle, it's just kind of a generic term used, you know, just to d describe a nebulous operation that doesn't exist, and it's, it's soft-peddling the, the problem. They're not going to, unless you see them see some Russian assets in this country, I think this is just window dressing. I think the whole thing is a big bunch of bull crap. Now, I think we're going to see some actual seizures. I think, I think we're at Cold War with Russia, and we're not talking about it. I think somewhere it's, it's, it has to do with this axis of uh, abuse with Syria and with Russia sponsoring uh, Syrian uh, whatever they've got their naval base there I think there's a lot going on and there's I, you know I continue to believe there's space Cyprus. wars happening what? Cyprus don't forget that yeah, Cyprus of course got downgraded you, you, you caught that no, I didn't. I missed that one. Yeah, Cyprus, and this is interesting. Cyprus got uh, a big downgrade from, I think, uh, Moody's. However, you'd like to know that the head of the Cypriot Central Bank is a guy named uh, Anastasios Orphanidis. He was an economist for the Federal Reserve Board, a senior economist for the Federal Reserve Board, an advisor for the Federal Reserve Board, a senior advisor for the Federal Reserve Board. I mean, there, there is stuff going on, John, that we can't even fathom right now. 
it is so intertwined, and there was a fight, and it's all about money, and we're the ones getting screwed. Just get by, shut up, slave. That's what's happening. And I, I really believe that there is something going on between the United States and Russia with this executive order. This is some kind of shot across the bow saying, don't screw with us or we're going to take your money. And I put it down in the book. Yeah, please do. Also, I'd like to note that the uh, U.S. Uh, cybersecurity chief, Randy Vickers, resigned after the uh, hacks of uh, the CIA website. And they apparently arrested some 19 year old lulsec kid. Yeah, one of our producers at the um, at the Pensacola meetup, I think it was Pensacola, maybe, uh, well, one of the Florida meetups, he knew one of these kids that got arrested. His crime, he downloaded some program off the internet that would slow down PayPal. Arrested as a member of LulzSec. Still in custody. Really? Yeah. Well, that's pretty questionable. It all is questionable, my friend. Uh, let me see if I can go. Well, so when, when, when the end, this last clip, there's also a note in the, that Napolitano makes about a government that breaks the law. Uh, it's not a government that uh, can be trusted. I mean, that you can't. Somebody download something. Yeah, you download they, the program. They get thrown in jail and they throw the key away. Yeah, yeah. No, we're we're under severe attack. Yeah. I'm I'm amazed that we're still on the air. I like to find who is this kid. Do we have any documentation on him? I'll get some. Yeah, no, I think it should be publicized in the community. I'll get some. Because I mean, there's a lot of people download weird crap, you know, and they say, "Oh, I don't know," and they just download. Some people just download. I mean, this is like the complaint about you know pirates that take uh, you know movies to download movies all day, you know, from net from uh, various BitTorrents. Yeah. So what? They're just downloading them. I mean, just, they have a huge collection of nothing that they don't can't look at in their lifetime. What difference does it make? And uh, the head of uh, uh, EMI, I think, just said that turns out people who pirate are their best customers. They buy the most music. <laughs> Did this, you see- by the way, I don't want to bring it up again, but I will. This was an observation I made during the heyday in the, the late 90s of Napster. When that thing was kind of cut loose and everybody was joining it, and they're all downloading left and right, copying each other's collections and, go- and going crazy. The, the CD market had its biggest boom year. Yep. All downhill as as, after that. And, and the day they killed Napster, they sh- basically shut it down. The sales of CDs plummeted and continued to plummet. And I keep bringing this up. It's like an observation you can make. Oh, well, it's just a coincidence. No, there's an official report out now. You can find it in the show notes, 325.nnshownotes.com, an official report which shows exactly this. And yeah, I think that's uh, fodder for another column. Yeah, why not? I've been ri- right. I've done that column five or six times. Might as well just make it an even half dozen. And uh, Mr. Oil in the chat room is saying that I am spot on. The U.S. and Russia are already in a visa war. And uh, there is a Cold War going on, and he can know. I'm not far off on this. There's something very... And, of course, that's why the Secretary of State would be involved. Well, I'm going to wait, and I'm sure you're going to be... Gloating. I'll be gloating. 
Well, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> All right, let me hit you with the God particle and uh, one more question and some homework for everybody. What these machines do is they excel. This is about the, uh, you know, the, we're, we found an anomaly in the data on the, uh, the, the Large Hadron Higgs Collider. Higgs boson, yes. Um, and the guy who, uh, the spiritual father of this whole let's find the God particle is Leon Laderman. And I tried to research Leon Laderman for the answer to the question which will arise in this clip as some scientist guy is explaining why it's so incredibly important to spend billions of dollars on smashing particles together. Accelerate protons up to near the speed of light, then they smash these things together and they create other exotic particles. Now in these exotic particles, we expect to be able to find these elusive ones like the Higgs boson. Part of the reason why it's called the God particle is because some physicists say that if we can discover this particle and understand it, we might be able to understand some about how God thought about putting together the universe. So to speak, but it really comes from Leon Letterman, who used it to describe how difficult it was to identify this uh, particle, and he connected the word God with another word that I won't mention here. What does that mean? He connected the word God with another word that I won't mention here. What? Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm trying to find it. What is this other word that he shouldn't be mentioning? Listen to it again, and then listen to the interviewer's stupid reaction. Used it to describe how difficult it was to identify this uh, particle, and he connected the word God with another word that I won't mention here. Uh, well, when we talk about the... <laughs> so what is the word that we mention? What, what, devil? Evil? I mean, the only one you would want to refrain from would be damn. Satan? No, it has to be damn. Why? I don't know. It's the only thing that I can see that would maybe make him not want to say. I mean, it's because it would be a curse word. Well, the, I don't, but I don't understand how that relates to the God particle. It doesn't. I think the guy was trying to be funny. Let me listen one more time. To identify this uh, particle, and he connected the word God with another word that I won't mention here. Hmm. I don't know. Everyone else in the chat room is saying "damn," but I—that I, I, didn't. That, I'm thinking, what's going to be the opposite of the God particle? The Satan no, seed. I think it's just he's, the guy's trying. He's a guy trying to be funny who's not funny. Oh well, in that case, douchebag. He gets there a, you go. He gets a big ass douchebag. All right. Well, I I fail to see the importance of uh, finding out what God was thinking. I've got my Bible right here. And I don't see how you could anyway. What is it? Got, what is, it is it a brain engram? I mean, how, what are you thinking? Bull crap. It's, uh, it's his diary. So at, at the end of the show clip, it will be DePolitano discussing the Fast and Furious uh, nonsense with all kinds of accusations, a little harsher than his normal. Uh, but I, he doesn't. I don't know who's writing this stuff for him, but it's, it's outstanding. So that will be the end of show clip. We will be back again on Sunday, coming to you from Austin, Texas. Uh, we're going to try and beat Hurricane Don to the showgrounds, which is uh, not even a tropical Hurricane storm yet. Don, yeah, tropical storm Don at the moment, but soon to be Hurricane. No, it's Don. tropical storm first, then hurricane. Yeah, tropical storm Don right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a hurricane. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to do nothing but rain on you. Uh, hey, how do you like that? The, the, the fact that in Florida it rains at 3 o'clock and washes the streets clean every day. It's nice. It really cools me down. Thank I you just for, find it peculiar. Yeah, thank you for asking. No, it's wonderful. I really enjoy it. 
especially in a box. Let's have a few more anecdotes about the, the trip next show. Well, you, last on the last show, you said I'd talk too much about it. Now, now you want no, more I anecdotes? I never said that. Yes, you did. You said, you know, the show... I, I challenge anyone to hear that on the show. You, you, uh, no, you said it after the show. When we do our no, review of the show. What I said was that we should start with a little, with a little newsier stuff and then go on to the long discussion about no, the... No, uh, what, we, what we discussed is we would do a little newsier stuff, and then you said, and then I'll ask you about some anecdotes, which you never did... So then I just launched into oh, it. Oh, it's my fault. Well, of course it's your fault. Duh. Come on. Uh, be honest about it. <laughs> it's like, the, yeah, well, sometimes uh, I forget. Ouch. <laughs> well, I got I got to say for for Lock. listeners who uh, who don't understand, it's uh, it, it is challenging when you have a really bad Skype connection. It's probably worse for John. He's probably hearing half of what I'm actually saying. And still able to hold up his end of the conversation. What? Coming to you from the Big Easy in the great state of Louisiana, everybody! In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Pleasant Silicon North, uh, where it's a, uh, not as interesting, I'm sure, as it is in uh, New Orleans, which is a, one of the very best... I don't know why you don't stay there longer. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Sunday uh, from uh, Austin, Texas. Stay tuned on NoAgendaStream.com for the No Agenda Producers update with Ms. Mickey, who has just come in like a hurricane herself. Are you okay, babes? Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, she went to the lower ninth ward and she is depressed. So we'll uh, talk to you on Thursday. Yeah, right here on No Agenda. End of show clip coming up. Take it easy, everybody. Let's switch gears to this awful story about the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms breaking the law. I note first that under the Constitution... Alcohol, tobacco, and firearms are matters for the states to regulate. And so the whole BATF itself, the whole Federal Bureau that does this regulation, is unconstitutional. The feds have no lawful role regulating these areas of behavior. But the story behind this so-called Operation Fast and Furious seems to be growing and getting worse every day. We know that Attorney General Eric Holder told Mexican officials of the existence of this nefarious program in 2009. We also know that the Attorney General told a congressional committee that he first learned of it in the spring of 2011. And yesterday we learned that the FBI agent in charge of the Phoenix FBI office told a national security staffer in the White House about the program in September 2010. We also learned yesterday that the BATF and the FBI lost track of over 1,000 guns in this program. The program worked like this. The BATF and the FBI have used their undercover folks to leak word that certain gun shops will look the other way and let anybody buy anything. The FBI and the BATF had already told the gun shop owners that they will not be prosecuted for selling guns to felons and other unqualified persons, even though such sales are themselves felonies, because the government wants these guns out there so it can trace them. The guns are not sporting rifles and they're not handguns. These guns that the feds let gun shop owners sell to known criminals are high-powered military-type weapons. 
The felons who buy the guns are not federal agents or informants. They are themselves criminals and thugs who can be counted upon to resell those guns to Mexican drug cartels and other organized criminal groups. From all of this, we can draw a few interesting conclusions. It is inconceivable that the Attorney General did not know of this program prior to the time he told a Congressional Committee that he first learned of it. He apparently wasn't under oath when he spoke to the committee. However, he still may have committed the same crime for which his Department of Justice is now prosecuting Roger Clemens, lying to the Congress. Second, the feds broke the law in order to enforce the law as it is the job of the FBI and the BATF to prevent felons and others legally unqualified to purchase these guns from doing so. The crimes these federal agents committed are malfeasance in office and what we call criminal facilitation, helping a criminal to commit a crime. I can tell you from my own years on the bench that the government has done this before. It has let bad guys get guns so as to see what they do with the guns but it has never publicly acknowledged doing so. This federal law-breaking only came to light because of this man. His name was Brian Terry. He was a federal Border Patrol agent who was not involved in letting these guns getting into the hands of criminals. No, he was murdered by a person using one of those guns. And only through that tragedy did all of this come to light. This is a very sad day and a black mark for contemporary federal law enforcement at the highest levels. It has been exposed as a lawbreaker. Its lawbreaking killed one of its own. Its senior official probably lied about this in an environment in which a lie is a crime. Why would the attorney general lie? Perhaps to protect the president, who must have been told that this program was not going well. When the government breaks the law it has sworn to uphold, it becomes a law unto itself. And no one's freedom, and as we have seen in this case, no one's life is secure. The folks who did this should be prosecuted, but the culture that permitted it must be eradicated. And that will require honesty at the highest levels of government, something that seems in short supply these days. Consult the book of knowledge. Adios, mofo. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for all your blessings. You said in all things give thanks. So we want to thank you tonight for these mighty machines that you brought before us. Thank you for the Dodges and the Toyotas. Thank you for the Fords. And most of all, we thank you for Roush and Yates partnering to give us the power that we see before us tonight. Thank you for GM Performance Technology and the R07 engines. Thank you for Sunoco Racing Fuel and Goodyear tires that bring performance and power to the track. Lord, I want to thank you for my smoking hot wife tonight, Lisa. My two children, Eli and Emma, or as we like to call them, the little E's. Lord, I pray you bless the drivers and use them tonight. May they put on a performance worthy of this great track. In Jesus' name, boogity, boogity, boogity. Amen. Dvorak.org slash N-A